You are now tuned in to the Boxing Bros. I'm Kaden, and I'm here with my co-host. What's going on, everybody? This is Tro Dollar Bill. This is Slippery G. What up, bro? <laughs> All right, so uh, the first topic we're going to discuss is our reaction to uh, Otto Valine and his uh, unanimous decision over Dominique Trouble Brazil. Um, Kaspira G, what were your thoughts on that fight? Hey man, listen. I y'all, I feel like y'all gonna disrespect me when I say this, but walk with me for real. Salute to Brazil for making it all twelve rounds, cause I thought Brazil showed up to get knocked out. I'm being one hundred, man. This dude, there was certain rounds. I'm looking at Brazil, Brazil looking at Otto Wallin like, yo, you gonna you gonna take me out this round? And I'm like, come on, son, this is just an embarrassment, man. But Shout out to him. He started picking it up a little bit in the end, especially um, I gave him the 10th and the 12th round, and I gave him the 6th round also earlier. So, yeah, but it was one-sided, man. But, um, yeah, man, salute to Otto Wileen for for producing the obvious, you know. So um, <laughs> I just felt like Otto Wileen should have ended up with the knockout, only to make a statement, but – it is what it is, man. But I don't know. I wasn't really impressed by either gentleman in that fight to keep it 100 with y'all. You know, um, yeah, but salute to Wally for pulling out the victory. But it wasn't that impressive. I felt like a guy of Brazil's caliber, he should have took him out for real. Like, like I'm not like, you know, like um, like the ESPN fight. You know, I'm not saying to take him out like that, but. At least drop him. You know what I'm saying? At least one time. Like, he he messed up the dude's face. I would have just kept punching the dude in the eye. Like, just keep violating Brazil's eye until either the ref stops it, the, the doctor stops it, or they throw in the towel. And I'm going to say this, man. Abel, you're going to hell, bro. Because, <laughs> yo, I'm like, yo, Abel, you know there's no way he's going to win. Right? <laughs> it was just, yo, you're doing okay. Good job. Just keep, keep just throwing. Just keep throwing. Even if you're going to miss Hit him in the shoulders. Just hit him in the arms, the biceps. Who cares? Just hit him somewhere. I'm like, fam, come on. And this this dude seemed like he didn't want to stay there, man. He he just, man, Brazil, man, listen, you had a good run, but it, it's sad when I have to say this, but F.A. will knock you out, bro. <laughs> Easy, bro. F.A., I guarantee you F.A.'s like, yo, yo, Bob, can I, this, can I get this free food real fast? You know, so. <laughs> but now, <laughs> Brazil, salute to you, man. Um, I, I liked how they talked about your character outside the ring. So I know you're a good dude. You're a family man. But you're done, bro. Like, this, this sport is just too vicious for you, man. It's, you just you lack movement. You lack speed. Only thing you got is a chin. But that's not going to get you far when you're dealing with guys that are fast, like twice your speed. You know, these guys are just as big as you, and they know how to connect. You lack a lot of uh, skill sets that that's necessary to be an elite level fighter in this division. So, but you had a great run, man. Salute to you and Otto Wallin. Good victory, but I was expecting a lot more from you. All right, Cheryl Dollar Bill. I actually like the fight. Um, I got to see more tools from Otto Wallin. Um, I was I was impressed with his movement. Um, the fact that he landed some clean shots in there, some good clean shots in there. Uh, I was also um, impressed with Dominique Brazil. Look, um, 
we knew going into this fight that he didn't have the power and and he lacked certain skill set. But um, he could have laid down in that fight. He had an excuse to lay down. His eye was bubbled up. You know, he was getting beat to the punch a couple of times. Um, he could have quit and he didn't quit. The guy just kept pressing forward and he, he got um, Waleen tired by pressing the action. He was just too slow and couldn't let his hands go. But <laughs> other than that, I'm I'm not I'm not too too down on him. I think maybe he can be a journeyman. Maybe he can get, get in there and be on other kids coming up resumes. You know, there's the kid, uh, Big Baby uh, Anderson. There's a kid coming up. There's other kids, too. There's uh, Even put him in there with an FA if you want to build up his resume, you know, put a name on there. I think maybe the FA can get him out. Or you don't know, maybe Brazil could turn the hands of time on the FA. <laughs> I'm not sold on FA yet. Don't be mad at me, Stretch. I'm not sold on him. Um, but that's that's my take on the fight. Um, I just think, you know, the guys did a good showing for themselves. You know, Dominique Brazil, he don't have to hold his, his head down. You know, he can hold his head up. He didn't quit. He didn't go in there to lay down. He really tried. And he was pushing the fight. Seemed like he got a second win. You know, later I was joking about it, but it did. It seemed like he got an extra energy and he was coming forward. He couldn't land nothing with them slow punches, but he was trying to press the action, you know? So I don't want him to be so down on himself. Maybe it's time for him to hang it up, but who knows? Maybe he can get another paycheck in there. I wouldn't mind seeing him in there with one of these up-and-coming guys and let them put his name under their resume. But other than that, um, the future looks bright for Wally. The only person that uh, he lost against and he went the distance with was um, Tyson Fury. He bust Tyson Fury up. He just lost against one of the, the great heavyweights of this era right now. Um, Tyson Fury, arguably, if he's not one on your uh, – list of heavyweights right now top heavyweights he's number two um and that's i just want to see more of Wally. i think he's going to cause trouble for a lot of guys i think he needs to work on that gas tank but other than that hey i want to see him i want to see him again so i can uh you know judge him better you know but this was his other than tyson fury this is a good name to have under his belt as well all right ned the tbe yeah Nah, shout out to both fighters. Um, but I I picked Wallin to win. He did what exactly what I said he was gonna do. I boxed um Brazil for twelve rounds. I knew he didn't have the punching power to get him out of there, but you know it was still good to see him utilize his skills. On the other hand, Brazil he he didn't get knocked out, but I was like after you know he he get after he, when he loses a fight he goes inactive for a while. And then he comes back. He was inactive for a while after the Wilder knockout, but I'm glad he, he had the courage to get back in the ring. And he, he, his chin is solid, but he he didn't look the same anymore. He looked like, like when when he came um, um when he fought Carlos Negron, he looked he looked like he was he wanted he he was prepared for that fight. He wanted to win. He looked determined. This fight it looked like there was no 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 no. He didn't have passion. He doesn't have passion anymore. So, I don't know. Brazil, if you want to hang it up, hang it up. If you want to collect checks, go ahead, man. But, uh, you know, but shout out to Wallin on his win, yo. You know, he looks like he could be – if he – he looks like he could be one of the top guys in the, in, in the division, but not not elite, like top 10, top 15. So. Yeah, oh, it was an interesting fight. I think it went the way 
we saw it going for the most part. Otto Valine using his boxing skills to uh, get ahead on the points. Um, he showed some good things uh, in the fight. He showed great defensive skill. He showed good timing. Um, but he did show that his gas tank is questionable. And I think there was a point in the fight where Valine started to fade and Brazil started to come on. Um, and Valine started to slow down and then Brazil started to pick up uh, his attack. Um, and it looked like by the time the bell rung, you know, I heard uh, his trainer say to him, like, yeah, Brazil's a good, durable guy. That's the same guy Wilder knocked out <laughs> with one punch. So let's not make him too durable. It's the same guy who Mansoor dropped. Um, I can't, um, like, Azu, I can't remember uh, his name. He's dropped Brazil. Brazil has been dropped by several fighters, and Valine hit him with a lot of good shots, and he didn't drop him. So, um, you know, I, I always had questions about Valine's power just because the type of punches he landed on Fury. Fury was dropped by S.S. Uh, Cunningham, and he was dropped by Deontay Wilder. So the type of punches he landed on Fury, um, I felt like if he had more power, he would have hurt Fury. Um, he did what he had to do to outpoint um, Dominique Brazil, but the fact that his stamina faded in the end, uh, you know, you 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 can't fade if you're going to have the type of style that Valine has. If you're going to outpoint people, you got to outpoint people. You can't fade later on because if you're in there with someone who's faster, who sets up shots better, um, you they may take you out once you fade. Uh, one thing that was of note to me that I found hilarious was at the beginning of the fight. Dominique Brazil would go to his corner and stand up and just stand up. And then about midway through, Brazil started sitting down. And I'm like, brother, if you go once you once you decide to stand up, you gotta stand up the whole fight. Either you stand up the whole fight. Just, I'm, I don't understand what was going on with Brazil, like in his corner. I'm like, my man standing up, my man sitting down. At one point, it was like, how hard did we work for this? And Brazil's like, too damn hard. And I'm like, Apparently not hard enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, my man got, like, outpointed. He got out-hustled. Uh, from what I saw from Brazil, I genuinely think he should hang it up, only because I didn't see a version of Brazil um, that was anything close to what he used to be. Like Ned said, he was so much better than the grown fight. While Valine was toying with him at times until – Valine got tired of punching the dude. That's, you know, <laughs> like, he got tired of hitting the dude. So I would say, Brazil, you know, this, just to save yourself because these other guys with more pop, they're going to knock you out. But, hey, you know, it's your life. You're right. Do what you feel is best. But I think it's over for Brazil. Valine, I think, moves on to bigger and better things. The question is, how good is Otto Valine? The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Oscar Valdez's vicious knockout of uh, Miguel Burchett. Oh, I'm going to start one off with Trill Dollar Bill. What was your reaction to that? <laughs> it was an impressive knockout. It was definitely an impressive knockout. I took a couple of notes. I usually I don't I don't usually don't do this, but you know I I love the little guys, so I definitely had to write something down real quick. Um, just to show my respect for these gentlemen. Uh, my guy, Oscar Valdez, 29-0 with 23 knockouts. I'm so happy for this kid. Ever since he got the unanimous decision against Scott Quiggs, I was like, he's going to be hard to beat. 
it's going to be very hard to beat this kid. I was looking forward to this fight because the 37-2 and two fighter with 33 KOs, Miguel, is a machine. And, uh, and his last time he was ever stopped was in uh, 2015. I believe he's a true warrior in the ring. He beat Francisco Vargas twice, and he also beat um, Jason Sosa. Um, Miguel, who was number one in my eyes at 130, but now there's a new king at 130 named Oscar Valdez. Um, was an exciting fighter. But the new king, Oscar Valdez, this young man who's been in training camp with Canelo Alvarez and the Reynosos, anything that the Reynosos touch has turned to gold lately. Um, I believe that Jamal Heron should hold on to that WBO belt tightly because this young man is coming to unify. I don't know if tank, the tank fight can be made because I would love to see that fight. I think it'll be exciting as well. Um, but I know the Jamal Heron fight can happen because they both on top rank ESPN and um, I'm happy for Oscar Valdez. Congratulations to him. Viva Mexico. Um, I was, I was excited for this fight. I actually um, hit my bro up and I was like, Oh, we forgot to do the predictions. <laughs> and he was like, Oh yeah, yeah. We'll make up for it. We'll make up for it. Um, but yeah, I was very excited for this fight. Um, I'm happy for Oscar Valdez. I think he's the future. Um, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat this young man. It's going to be very hard for anybody to beat this young man. But shout outs to both guys, you know? All right, Kasperi G. Yeah, man, salute to Valdez for putting homie to sleep with that left hook. And, you know, I'm, I love hooks. Yo, he almost put him to death, man. That was kind of crazy. So then I started feeling bad for the stuff I was saying with the Far Parker fight. I be talking metaphorically. Bad. <laughs> oh, metaphorically speaking, I don't mean literal, yo. Like, homie went to sleep for a minute. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, for real, it was, like, dangerous. I, I still don't think it's going to be KO of the year or anything, but it's definitely a top runner. You know, just how he reacted. And not to mention that he took a lot of punishment in that fight. So, salute to, to you know, the Reynosos and Canelo like, that camp that they got, these guys came to bang, man. Like, they're a problem. Like, for real. Like, salute to Boston Bros. Mako, because what they got with the formula that they got, these aren't, like, typical Mexican fighters. Like, Valdez came with the typical Mexican style. He got outboxed and beat up. You know, like, this is, to me, man, yo, I don't know what, what it is with Canelo, man, but, like, his greatness is rubbing off on a lot of dudes, and they're they striving to be great. Salute to that camp, you know, um, beautiful fight, man. Um, I'm not really, like, the hugest 130, uh, 130 fan, but when when good fights happen, man, I, I'm, like, pleasantly uh, surprised, and I enjoy it. So, um, yeah, man, they did, they did their thing, man, but that was just – it was dangerous, man. He was he was asleep for real, like in that ring for a long time, probably like five minutes, maybe even longer. It was just like my man, even they turned him over, he's still asleep. I was like, golly, man, like he got done dirty, like how Marquez did Pacquiao, you know what I mean? So yeah, but salute to both gentlemen, man. And and I'm happy that, you know, uh, you know, what's the dude's name? Bell uh Miguel for Yeah, I'm happy that Miguel is alive. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, you don't play boxing. So, salute to both gentlemen. Yeah. 
Yeah, that knockout was vicious. That was similar to what happened right there was similar to like Nate Robinson when Burchell was coming in and he just caught it to the face and you didn't see it. Yeah, it just put him to sleep. So I'm glad that he was able to wake up and walk away from that, you know. But shout out to Oscar Valdez, yo. You know, he said his country was against him. His the president didn't believe in him. His peoples didn't believe in him. His idols, everybody, and he came out and proved the haters wrong, yo. I want to see what's next for the kid, yo. He he did call Shakur Stevenson if Shakur wants the strap, he gotta come get it, or they gon' they gotta they gotta unify or whatever. But yeah, yo, it'll be dope. It'll be dope to see that matchup, and they in the same stable. So let's get it, ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be like the spoiler, but I mean, I don't think Burchelt was that good to begin with. Um, he'd like name any without looking it up, name someone he beat like that was really that good. You can't. Um, they were talking about it, like how the, the night before the fight, they saw Burchelt order two large pizzas. And was eating it like he was eating like a Twinkie before one other fight, and I'm just like, okay. Oh, then when the fight started, Burchelt was just like swinging. It didn't even look like he had a plan or punch selection, anything. It just looked like he was just trying to throw punches to intimidate uh, Valdez. And like normally, I think Timothy Bradley, and I, I'll I'll go at Timothy Bradley when he says something crazy. But Timothy Bradley said something and like Andre Ward kind of dismissed it. And I was like, you know, Bradley's on to something. He said, Burchelt look weight drain. Mm-hmm. Right. And Burchelt came in the ring weighing like 18 pounds more than he did at the weigh-in. So like he rehydrated like 18 pounds, which to me is like a sign that this dude killed himself to make weight. So you have a weight drain guy in the ring. He's looking, he's looking sluggish. Like for, for 130 pounds, he was looking really slow in there. Like his punches were looking telegraphed. So um, Valdez, in the fourth round, I thought he was going to finish um, Burchell. Like it looked bad for Burchell, but Burchell showed a lot of heart. Like this dude was so unsteady on his feet, so wobbly. If the ref would have stopped it, he would have been justified because at one point when Burchelt got up and when the ref says, like, walk to me, Burchelt was, like, unstable on his feet. I said, I'm like, how are you letting this continue? I thought Burchelt was going then. Then I thought Burchelt was going in the ninth. So in the 10th round, when Valdez landed that left hook, I have to be honest, it wasn't that impressive to me. I don't think it was the most vicious left hook I've ever seen. It was just an accumulation of punishment. It was Burchell's body saying, like, that's it. If nobody else wants to stop it, I'm going to stop it for you. So, like, Valdez did what he was supposed to do. I think Valdez was the more skilled fighter. Valdez looked like the more prepared fighter. He looked like the fighter that was placing his punches. He looked like the fighter that uh, was trying to counter. He looked better than Burchell. There was no surprise. There was no doubt I had I had Burchell. I mean, I had Valdez winning the fight easy um and he stopped Burchell but like I'm not gonna make it seem like I don't know what everybody thought this guy Burchell was but they said it before he's like the eighth worst fighter in the division defensively <laughs> so it's like his offensive skill set he's he's knocking these guys out but his defense is terrible 
Yeah. So like, <laughs> what are you saying, bro? I say he's a warrior. He's a like I said, he's a warrior. I, I never said he was the most technically sound boxer. Yeah. yeah he's a warrior, and he was number one in a lot of people's eyes. Like if you go to a lot of people's rankings, you know what I'm saying? He was at he was number one at 130 because. He was beating the guys that they put in front of him. Like I mentioned, he stopped a, a couple guys that we know of. Um, yeah, we his, it's not no world names, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people don't even know who Miguel is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I'm not going to dis, dis, dismiss him. He was champion, WBC champion for, for a while. And he was um, considered number one on not one, but at least, three of, of the, the guys list with uh, ESPN. We know they're a little, and uh, you got a uh, rain magazine and uh, another one, you know? So, you know, he, he, he has shown uh, better days, but I totally agree with your, your, your analysis of his performance last night. Because it was true. And just, and just to add on, the president of Mexico gave him a call. Julio Cesar Chavez picked him. That's everyone's opinion, including yours. But I'm talking about mine. Yeah. In my opinion, he was never that dude. I never watched Bachel and was like, oh, my God, this dude's amazing. I never felt like you never heard me once in the history of watching boxing bros mention Bachel, and you never was going to hear me mention <laughs> Like, Bachel was a guy who was bullying the dudes he was in the ring with. He was overwhelming them with his offense, and he was taking punishment. Yeah. In the end, he got clipped. And, like, he got clipped by the guy who I think was the better fighter. Um, I don't I don't understand um, how people rated this guy so high. I don't understand how Valdez was um, such a big underdog. I know. That was, like, that was weird because I picked Valdez to win. You know what I'm saying? That's I don't. Win. <laughs> I don't understand. But hey, kudos to um, you know, Burchell. He took a beating for ten rounds, and, and he did all he could to uh, keep the title. Valdez was the better fighter. Valdez proved it. Um, he earned the belt. He called out Shakur. That's a more competitive fight. Those are two skilled guys. Those are two guys. When I look at it, I say, ooh. There's a lot of skill there, but Burchell eating pizzas and Twinkies and all that. Burchell looked good on the scales. But when someone says you're the eighth worst defensive fighter in your division, it's just a matter of time. All right. The uh, next topic we're going to discuss is our reaction to uh, Adrian Brona versus uh, Giovanni Santiago in, in rare fashion. I'm going to go first. Um, so for me, um, I want to start off by saying I picked Adrian Broner to win this fight. Um, I felt like, you know, I have a lot of respect for Adrian Broner in terms of I saw the weight loss. I saw the work he put in. Um, I commend him for that. The fight was supposed to take place at 140. But then um, last minute, they said that the weight limit was going to be 147. And that gave me some um, cause to pause. It gave me some concern. I'm saying, OK, so they just changed it was like, why? Obviously, my natural instinct is to say, well, I'm assuming Adrian Bruin can't make 140. So they're going to do it at 147. Um, then the fight happened um, during the fight. 
what I saw was <clears throat> seeing Tiago outworking Adrian Brona, landing body punches. Brona did good work in spots. Um, but in the end, uh, I scored the fight for Santiago. Um, I I scored the fight for Santiago by one point. It would have been two points, but a point was deducted for hitting after the bell, although both fighters hit each other after the bell. So I don't know how they decided to deduct a point from Santiago. In my opinion, it was BS. Uh, I watched the fight rooting for Brona. I watched the fight wanting Brona to win. I watched the fight wanting Brona to come back. Um, there was a lot of ring rust, and I think um, Santiago took the earlier rounds, but there was a stretch in there where Brona started to find his groove. Um, he even landed the check left hook where Santiago almost went down. And this is what bothers me about, like, A.B. If you watch when Adrian Brona lands that check left hook, Santiago almost hits the floor and A.B.'s walking away looking cool. And I'm like, run up on him. Knock him out. He's done. And A.B. just lets him get back up. Like, watch it. If you didn't see it, just watch when he lands that check left hook and Santiago's about to, about to go down. A.B. just, like, dudes does, like, a cool pose and then walks away. And I've seen several punches, some of the best, some – they run after you. If it was Wilder, if it was Joshua, if it was anyone else that landed that punch, they're running at the dude to take him out, and A.B.'s walking away, like, gotcha. And I'm like, A.B., what are you doing? You had the fight right there. It's over right there. But you let the guy recover. And to me, it was just a frustrating thing to see. Every time A.B. let his hands go, he won the exchange. Every time A.B. decided to fight, it was easy for him. But he just didn't do enough. And I don't know if that's him losing. I think they say he lost like 40 pounds. Um, if you follow A.B., you know he lost a lot of weight. I commend him for losing all that weight. He, he It was probably ambitious for him to try to get to 140. But... It just looked like, I don't know. It's like AB's like too cool for school in the ring. It's like, bro, you gotta, you gotta want it. You gotta go for it. And in the end, I had Santiago winning by one point. Now I hear robbery. To me, robbery is when like somebody's won by like four, not even four, multiple rounds. Somebody's won by at least three rounds and the judges give it to someone. I, I scored it for Santiago, so I think Santiago won. But I'm not going to call it a robbery. Like, I watched the fight one time. I scored it live. That's the way I had it. Um, Santiago wasn't complaining at the end of the fight. He said he felt like Adrian Broner did a good job. It was a close fight. It could have gone either way. Some of how I'm feeling could be my disappointment with the way A.B. performed because I wanted A.B. to come in and look better than he did. So I don't know. Like, I'm, all I'm going to say is this. A.B. needs to get, like, this is whole, like, talking in the ring and just like, yeah, I'm too sharp. Don't tell us you're too sharp. Prove you're too sharp. You, your A.B., I'm telling you, he could have he won an impressive fashion when he landed the check left hook. Watch it. And this, and this is the stuff with A.B. that I think, like, drives everyone crazy when they say like the dude got the talent but he just don't he just don't put it together during the fight so 
I scored it for a, I scored it for Santiago by one point because of uh, the point deduction. AB had his moments. AB landed the better punches. He landed the more flashier punches. So if the judges scored for that, I can't get upset. I'm not going to say it's a robbery. Either way, the fact that we're talking about a close fight with Giovanni Santiago and Adrian Brona is a bad sign for Adrian Brona. I always hope this guy puts it together. Uh, he did it. And I'll close with this. <laughs> he being typical fashion, though, gives you, just outside of boxing, <laughs> stuff to talk about. He's the was at Steve Fallhood. <laughs> like, Steve Fallhood, you scored it against me, you punk. Then he says, we popping bottles. <laughs> we having sex. Yeah, that was wild. Back to the gym. Yo, we bags and we hitting what heavy bags and yeah, yeah, my oh. man. All I know is this, man. Well, all that, I just feel like there was there was stuff there, flashes of greatness. But if I'm another 140 pounder in that division, I wasn't worried about what I saw from AB. All 147, whatever the wherever he wants to campaign, whether it's 140 or 147, I wasn't afraid of what I saw from AB last night. And, you know, hopefully he can improve. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to throw it over to Trill Dollar Bill. All right. Let's just start this off with Adrian Broner's been out of the ring for two years. He landed clean, effective punches. I do wish he let his hands go, but he busted him up. He used his jab well and left, and left the fight without a mark. With that being said, I gave him the second, the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Six strong rounds for a draw. There was a lot of swing rounds in the fight, like the first and the fourth or the fifth. I can't remember. So I can entertain a 115-112 either way. I got to go back and watch the fight again, but after a two-year layoff, he didn't look horrible. I just think our expectations of him are so high, and we tend to nitpick at everything he does because it's him. I don't think a lot of people hate him. They just wish he uses his talents and gifts we know he has and displays them once again like he has done once upon a time. The commentary was a little biased for my liking. They never gave Broner credit in the early rounds for keep snapping this kid's head back. They praised Santiago for missing shots, swinging wildly at times, holding low blows, rabbit punches, and fighting dirty. But people have their favorites. But shout out to um, Artemaris for trying to stay neutral. But the other guys totally dismissed anything Broner did in that fight. After the third round, it was like Broner is done. It started, uh, it started fanboying for Santiago. But shout out to Santiago for not making any excuses and showed a lot of grit and heart. It didn't go in there to lay down. Like I said before, I'm going to watch it again, but I'm not mad at Glenn Feldman's card. And I could have seen it either way. I think him talking to himself was him psyching himself up like he's been doing this whole training camp. If you just watched him in training camp, he's been talking to himself when he's been doing his runs, when he's been hitting his bag. It's just been his way of um, psyching himself up. And um, like Caden also said, I do wish he had that killer instinct like all the others had. When he had him hurt, I wish he would have came in and followed right after the right hand. Nobody I know sits there and paws and looks at his work and say, woo! 
<laughs> that frustrated me. I lost my mind. I completely lost my mind. I threw my water in the sky. I said, what are we doing here? You know, I started sweating. It was crazy. Um, like I said, I got to go watch the fight again. But it was definitely um, good to see Broner in the ring again. Uh, he's battling his demons and letting his hands go in the battle of life. Um, and that's what I think is dope. To come back from the depression, come back from everything he's been going through, and he still got court cases going on and everything. And he still and he lost one of his close friends um, recently. Dealing with all that while in camp, you know, he still mustered enough to go in there and put on a performance. It wasn't the best performance or performance that I would like to see, um, but he 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 definitely um, went in there and um, he did his thing. I try not to get too personal on this show. This is boxing, bros. You know what I'm saying? But that's why I got a lot of respect for Broner. You know what I'm saying? All the stuff that people don't like him for. I give him credit for the things that I like him for, you know, to be able to put certain things away and put him to the side and step in that ring. And, you know, he didn't perform like I, I wanted him to, but you know, he did his thing. He dropped a lot of weight. That's a lot. That's hard to do. We praised Tyson Fury for it coming back from the depression. We praised him for it. Um, look, I'm going to give him kudos. Shout out to Adrian Broner. Um, my, I, myself, have on February 12th, made 30 days, you know what I'm saying? That I have not drunk any alcohol. March 12th on a Friday would be 60 days that I haven't drunk any alcohol. So we all are battling our own demons and it's what you do, you know what I'm saying? It's how you handle these and these fighting these battles of life, which is gonna matter at the end of the day. And I think that Broner is letting his hands go in the battle of life. We just wish that he'll let his hands go in the battle in the ring. But shout-outs to both gentlemen, Adrian Broner and um, Santiago. Yeah, something you said that was evident to me, too, was, you know, Bernstein's clearly not over that uh, exchange he had with um, A.B. when A.B. was like, I'm not answering none of your questions. And then he, then he was like, I'm going to ask your trainer. And he was like, gang, gang. You know what that means? <laughs> Gang, gang. <laughs> so, um, it, it they they definitely uh, you could tell a little bit that because um there was one point in the commentary where they gave it away that they weren't impartial because you know I'm listening, um and they were talking about how he wasn't letting his hands go in and that was cool but then someone said it might even been Ronaldo like but he's coming to take over the sport of boxing. Exactly. That's not, that statement right there was ridiculed. That wasn't impartial. That was nothing. You, you're clowning to do. So I was like, I noticed that on the commentary as well. Um, Kaspira G. All right. When I first watched, I actually watched it twice. I watched it last night and I watched it again this morning. When I first watched it, I thought AB actually lost. So the second time I was like, you know, but last night I actually didn't score it. Cause I thought I'm thinking Santiago from Puerto Rico, they brought him in here just to be food. You know, we're going to see AB knock him out. Cause they want to set up the, the AB versus, you know, Regis pro grade fight, whatever. So I'm like, I'm not even going to bother scoring this. But then I was like, damn, I think homie lost. So I was like, all right, you know, let me watch it again this morning. I had it a draw right now. 
it could go either which way because you could, you know, a lot. There were a lot of swing rounds, but it's like, eh. So, but I gave it. I was like, you know what? Benefit of the doubt, AB, I give you a draw. But I do have a lot of questions, major concerns, actually, to be honest with you. First thing, he doesn't let his hands go at all. But I'm thinking the reason why he does that isn't because, you know, um, he chooses not to. He might just be old. Like, I know he's 31. <laughs> old 31. Like, he's been fighting his whole life. You know what I mean? And not to mention, it's like, yo, when you reach, like, that pinnacle where you're making, like, millions of dollars in the sport, right, maybe you're no longer motivated. You're no longer hungry, right? Now it's looking like he's just showing up for paychecks. Maybe he got bills to pay. He got child support. He got other things. So that motivation, that hunger isn't really there. Like, yeah, he lost like 40-something pounds. Well, gee, I'm just ad-libbing here. He did flip $13 into $13 million, according to God bless him. You know what I mean? And, hey, keep doing <laughs> what you're doing. But in that ring, you don't look motivated at all anymore. And to me, like, I felt like that fight should have been at 140. Because at 147, what that showed me was he's no longer a pay-per-view star at 147. Like, for real. Like, he will get outboxed by any of these top dogs at 147. So now it's like, can he compete at 140, right? And, yo, that performance, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to say, like, I, I think we just going to knock him out, you know? And it could be because, yo, he needs more time. He just lost a lot of weight. Give him some time to to you know to adjust, but I wasn't impressed by his performance. And another thing too, like at the beginning of the fight, they tried to present him as if like he's matured and he's grown, which I was like, yo, that's what's up. Even though I didn't really kind of like how I felt like that intro video painted him as a villain, and I'm like, if he's trying to mature, I would be like, if I was grown, I'd be like, yo, come on, man, like stop highlighting all my negative moments, like. Let's stay positive, right? But then I was like, you know what? They're still saying he's trying to grow and mature. But he's doing the same antics in the ring. I mean, minus the humping. But, you know, he's talking to the commentators during the fight. He should be looking at his opponent. He, he should be trying to, like, knock out his opponent. He's more concerned about everyone else around him. And I'm just like, yo, come on, bro. Like, I get it, man. You got to play this facade. But the facade only works when you're beating a person in impressive fashion. So... Yeah, he was going to – I'm not going to say it was a robbery. But I'll say this. The fix was in. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude's coming from Puerto Rico. Two judges are from CT, one from New York. Like, you know they're going to favor AB over over homie. So, like, second go around, I gave it a draw. But I can understand if a person's like, nah, yo, he lost. I'm like, it it doesn't matter, man. This fight didn't matter to me anyways. You know what I'm saying? It only mattered if he violated homie. So then it's like, yo, the Regis um, pro-grade fight versus Adrian Broner would be, like, huge. Now it's, it's kind of like, eh, I feel like it's going to be one-sided. I think Regis now is going to violate Broner. So I think Broner should have did a lot more for, for the sake of his career. But it is what it is, man. Salute to both gentlemen for, for getting in that ring. We can go around on that Regis thing in a second. Um, Ned? Uh... I agree with a lot of things you guys said, but my thing with the from what I saw last night in the fight, my issue with Broner was his punching output. Like he looked sharp defensively, and let's not forget it's a two. He took a two year layoff and he inactivity, and he was going through a lot, and he finally came back in the ring. So I'm not gonna like, oh, he should have been phenomenal last night. But my only thing is, 
like give us like a three four punch combination every time you like you attack or something. It's just a hook or one two or a jab or something. He backs off, and that that's where I thought like he when I was seeing how they was going to fight. They were giving everybody was giving to Santiago. I think a lot of the judges judges scored it for Santiago too as well. But when the ref announced it, they gave it to Broner. I was just like that. That that for me, I, that was shocking. I was like, I don't know how the judges, all the judges decided. Question: You said most of the judges gave it to Santiago. Yes, when it was showing the cards, like how the judges scored the fight, it was like. Uh, one eighteen, one fourteen, Santiago. One something, one something, Santiago. One something, something, Santiago. It was like it's Steve. It's Steve Far. It is un. It his Steve Farhood score count don't count. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't. Is scoring about as and then as a commentator, one of the one of the people from Showtime oh. scoring his card is unofficial. Oh, oh, next. Those were unofficial cards. All right. Well, so, how, many, how many fights you don't watch? <laughs> Yo, yeah, you know, I, I never seen it's, like it's been a while since since, since I seen the Showtime fight because like I don't, Showtime, you know it's every, every ESPN the zone every Andre Andre Ward is the unofficial card on ESPN. Hang up on it, brother. Nettites, this is what y'all producing, Nettites. Hey, watch him up, G. Hey, G, be careful. The TBE army might come for you. That's I don't want to be a bully. Oh, yeah. You know, Ned's a made man. You got to get permission to attack Ned. Yeah. Ahead, Ned. No, and, and I agree with Ned, though. That was Ned sick is what I was saying. The commentary was so biased. Even with Steve Farhood's scorecard, a casual would, would think that he got washed. And this, this was some huge upset. You know what I'm saying? But go ahead, Ned. So for me, but... For me, that performance wasn't as bad. For a two-year layoff to come back, it wasn't that bad, but I think he needs one more tune to fight before he goes against any of the heavy hitters or any of the guy, top guys in either division. Just get another warm-up, make sure you 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 out here, and you just let them hands go A-B, and you're going to do your thing, man. But I I, I, I just think it was just the in, the inactivity – just you just see it, you just saw it, you saw it last night. But I think he'll he'll be he'll bounce back in his next fight. I know you didn't tell me how you scored it though. Oh, you know I don't be scoring my fight. I, my eyes scored. My eyes scored. I scored it, yo. So That's right, Ned does the eye test at the end. Yo, of the fight, my thing is, I think he won. That's right. <laughs> Santiago threw a lot of punches, but Brona didn't. He didn't frustrate Brona. Like I thought, Brona looked. Like the you know the Mayweather defense, he was showing his little bob and weave techniques. They getting out of the way of punches, throwing the jab. My thing was his punching output wasn't there. Like he didn't counter with more punches. He just countered with a jab or a hook and kept about move back off of him. And that's that's where I, I think that's where the downfall may come in his next fight. He just gotta throw more punches. Yeah, so if they won. If, huh? Who won? Uh it's a draw for me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing I heard, this I'm going to clarify. Majority of Santiago's work was to the body. So like in AB, majority of his work was to the head. So you can make the argument of who looked a certain way. Unless you can see Adrian Broner's inside, you don't know the impact of uh, the punches Santiago was throwing to Adrian Broner's body. Now, to get to um, Regis Progray, 
I'd say this. Santiago, from what I saw, he wasn't no scrub. Like, he 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 did beat DeMarcus Corley, although it was a 42-year-old DeMarcus yeah. Corley. Chop, chop, still in there. Chop, chop, baby. Yeah. Chop, chop, dropped him twice, and then he was able to uh, win that fight against a 42-year-old Corley. But he beat Cano, who's, uh, who was pretty good in his own right. I think he beat Shane Mosley. Um, so this this guy, um, although he's not known, he does have some skill. And much like Otto Valine when he stood up to um, Tyson Fury, he may be better than we just thought. Like, we don't know. We don't know much about Santiago. So we're going to have to see Santiago in his next fight to see how good he is. Yo, bro, that is crazy that you brought that up because we said that against Molina when Brona fought Molina. And we was like, why is he having a difficult time with Molina? Then he beat Molina. And then we seen what um, Molina did to the Siberian Tiger. What was his name? Who was that? Bogronikov? Bogronikov. <laughs> and then we were saying like dang maybe john molina does got some pop and maybe he really he he does got a little skill in there but um yeah just to, to mention that because maybe we don't know maybe we see um santiago in there with somebody else and he does wonderful yeah so when i when i first saw santiago i originally thought yo this guy's food but he threw some punches to the body while i was like those are some sharp punches to the body. So, uh, like I said, I don't know. Maybe Shane T. We got to see. It's one of those things that we got to see. But get into the pro Gray fight now. So, I'm giving everyone a chance to dive in on this. Bro, I am not impressed with Regis. Like, you know, I've been saying this still. Regis is, like, his technique is off. He's not the most technically sound person. Like, Re so, like, to say, like, oh, Regis is going to cook him, I think this is a – for them, this is a great fight because I'm not that impressed with Regis and I wasn't that impressed with Brona either. So, like, to say, like, I know for a fact that Regis will cook him, I'm like, yo, Regis, bro. Like, you know, I've been watching Regis. I haven't seen anything from Regis where I'm like, yo, this dude is that guy. Like, you know, like he's not. He's not, like, to me, technically sound. I don't really know. And and I'm, and I'm I don't know. I don't know that he eats a check hook from Brona the way that Santiago was able to survive it, the way that Sean Porter was able to survive it. Like that check hook from Brona has hurt a lot of people, including Santiago, including Sean Porter. He took a manual tail out with, with that. So I'm just saying, man, like I'm not, I'm not sitting here ready to say, oh, Regis is just going to cook Brona. But, you know, that's a good fight for the both of them. I, that's a little middle of the pack fight at this point to me. But well, I'll say this. I'm not saying I'm saying this AB in this fight, the because you know that's always been a concern about AB is not letting his hands go, but it seems even worse. You know what I mean? It's not like I understand the inactivity, so that's why I'm giving him that benefit of the doubt. But if he continues on with, you know, I'd rather just check a dude, say something, look at everybody, and hope that's gonna win a round. That's not gonna work with uh with Regis, right? Because Regis is gonna outwork him. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's just the volume of punches. AB is gonna do what AB does. I'm just gonna try to check hook him, maybe land a jab or two in a round, and that's it. While Regis is gonna try to take his head off. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I actually agree with Ned on this one. AB needs another tune-up fight. I think 
but this time at 140, you know, like lose that weight, get down to 140 and, and fight a tune-up fight and get ready just to get acclimated back to 140. And then let's see what happens. But as of right now, from that performance, if AB has to lose another seven pounds and fight Regis right now, I think Regis is going to wash him. I'm not going to say wash him. He got a little six. I think he came in at 146. Um, True. Oh, okay. Regis Pro Gray and Adrian Broner, what are your thoughts on that? Um, There's a lot of things. I'm saying smiling, bro, because you nailed a lot of things on, on the head for me. Uh, even even though I, I like I like Regis Pro Gray. You know, I like him a lot. I thought he was uh, very competitive in that fight with uh, Josh Taylor. Um, at that one time, there was the one and two guy. They were both one and two at 140. And that was uh, the, the big the big fight there um, for the Muhammad Ali trophy. I think that was the Super Six tournament that they had. And um, I was I was really rooting for him to win. I think I picked him to, to beat Josh Taylor. But Josh Taylor's boxing ability was just was on display, but um, I think that that would be a good fight. People, like, with you you said something, my brother, and people forget this about Broner. He really punches hard, right? He really punches hard. Uh, people talk a lot of trash before the fight, but at the end of the fight, they're very humble. These guys are really humble after they fight uh, uh, Adrian Broner because this guy can really punch. Um, I want to see, like Caden said, can he, can a progress take a punch like that, a check hook? Because he does let his hands go by his waist a lot. And he is susceptible to a lot of punches and those jabs that we seen Josh Taylor keep snapping his head back. Um, even though Josh Taylor fought an excellent fight. Um, I don't know. Uh, like like Ness said, you put Broner in, in there again with some more, uh, uh, another tune-up. Like we said, this is his first uh, uh, fight back after a two-year layoff against a guy named San Diego who's been in tough. Um, and maybe Broner wore those shorts last night uh, for a chop shot court. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he beat chop shots, and maybe that's why he got those um, for those, chop those shots. Chop chops mixed with Camacho. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I would love to see that fight. Um, I, I definitely don't see it being no wash, but I would like to see Broner in there with somebody else. And then if he goes in there with a, 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 a Regis program, um, look, Broner's dangerous, man. Is dangerous. You have never heard anybody disrespect this man, except for Sean, after getting put on his butt. Like, he ain't really hit that hard. <laughs> Sean say that about everybody, though. Sean said that for everybody that beat him. Sean tell it. On the floor, he's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, Broner definitely hits hard. All he got to do for me is let his hands go. He let his hands go uh, a little bit more than we have seen him in the past, you know, in certain spots. But he got he got to get busy. He got to get busy. Um, there was times in there I felt like Mike Stafford wasn't. He got to get rid of Stafford, bro. I'm thank sorry. You. I don't, don't want to cut you off, thank but, bro. You. He got to get rid of Stafford. Thank you. And you he know I've been saying this for years. Yes man, bro. He's a yes man. I, and, he, and, he, and, and that's why I like J, uh, GT. Because he was looking over to GT, and GT was really trying to tell him, 
like, yo, you got to go. You got to you got to let your hands go. You got to. So if you was hearing, if you go back and listen to the fight, you guys listen when he was looking over the GT and he was really asking, G, yo, how am, I, how am I doing? You know what I'm saying? It seemed like Mike Stafford got so used to um, babysitting these guys, not training, but babysitting these guys. No disrespect to Mike Stafford. I know you love those guys over there. You're like a father figure, but you, that's what you are. You're the you're the sweet um, uncle. You're the nice uncle. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you run up to you, you give you all the hugs. I see you babysitting the kids. That's what you do. That's your job. I think it's time for him to get uh, another trainer in there that's going to push Broner and tell him what he needs to do and not what he needs to hear or not what he wants to hear. Excuse me. No, I'm, I, you know, I'm with you, bro. I, I was disappointed in Stafford and what he was saying um, to AB in the corner. It was just almost like he was feeding into Brona's own, like, perception and BS of what was happening in the fight. Like, not telling him, like, yo, you need to do more. You need to do this. It was just like, oh, easy, baby, you're sharpshooting him. And I'm like, sharpshooting him? That was that car, that round's razor thin. Here's another one. Like, what are you doing? So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, with GT, you know, doing the mix and all that, um, it looks good. But the way they train Broner, bro, I'm being honest, I'm not surprised he doesn't throw more punches. He throws little combos, then he rests for like three minutes, then he throws little combos again. If you watch the way Floyd Mayweather trains, it is constant punching nonstop. It's mitt work. When a guy holding the mitts is tired, then he goes to Nate Jones and he bangs at the body. Then he goes back to the mitts. Once the guy's ready to go again, Nate Jones resting. Then he goes and he bangs at the body. Then after that, he goes on a bag and he bangs the bag. And he wants everybody to shut the hell up. And when someone's like, woo, woo, when Floyd throws a punch, he goes, I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm self-motivated. But no, nah, people don't understand what he's saying. What he's saying is, I don't give a damn what you say. I know. I'm the only one who has to know because I'm the only one in the fight. Whereas Adrian Broner's like, did I win that round? Do you think I won that round? Um, yeah. Did I win? You know, I'm like, come on, man. What the hell is wrong with you? Even in the 12th round. Nah. Yeah. Even in the 12th round was horrible. When you you, you didn't tell him to go out there and win that fight. You told, Mike Stafford told, told him to be safe. Didn't tell him to go out there like, I'm like, what fight are y'all watching? You know what I'm saying? Y'all was going to leave it in the hands of the judges. Nah. He was like, oh, I know he's going to go out here and just be wild. Yeah, you need to go out there and throw some punches. You know what I'm saying? And go put him on his butt. If I was Mike Stafford, that's what I've been saying. You already got him hurt. Go out there and put him on his ass. You need to put him on his butt. Excuse my language. You need to put him on his butt and make a statement. Now, I, I don't, I honestly don't. You know, I've been saying it for the longest time. I don't know what stops A.B. from throwing punches. I think a lot of it is the way he trains, his tank, his, his, his mental. I think... Truthfully, another thing, I think he's afraid of getting knocked out in an exchange. Because if you look at the way Madonna dropped him, it was in an exchange. Like, they, they traded, and, he, and Madonna got there first. And I think in his mind, it's like, as long as he doesn't become a meme, mm-hmm. like, he, he's okay. I don't know what it is, but he needs to get over that psychological barrier where he lets his hands go. And, you know, I lost faith, honestly. I'm done. I lost faith with this dude. Until I see it. And I'm hoping to see it, but like Denny, like God bless the late Dennis Green. Like he said, they all who we thought they were. Brona is who I think he is until he shows me otherwise. Like you know, 
Uh, Ned, you got anything to uh, add? <laughs> uh, I, I'm just going to say this. I don't think Regis progress washes AB. I think it'll be like a who, – who, whoever is the aggressive, because they both fight a little timid. In, in uh, Regis's biggest fight against Josh Taylor – he was he he didn't he didn't look like he wanted it when it came down to the like the the decided moments. So it's similar to AB. It's just who wants it more, who's gonna throw more punches, who's gonna go in, out there and take that fight. So I think AB can actually beat Regis if they fight. So I it's it's up, it's up in the air still. That's it, brother. <laughs> I'm just hey man. This is a longer uh, episode than I thought. I wonder if AB, we've seen the best of AB already. Maybe he did so much so early in his career, uh, becoming four-time world champion for different divisions, um, being up there with the likes of De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao, and Floyd. Maybe he did so much in the early uh, stages that uh, there's nothing left there, but time will tell. The next topic we're going to discuss is an official announcement that came from Dillian, the body snatcher White. And basically, he posted a Rumble on the Rock, Pavekin versus White 2, uh, March 27th in Gibraltar, a British overseas territory. Um, and the caption reads, new date, more time, more violence. Thanks for the support. We are ready to go. Maximum violence from Dillian White. So uh, we have our own Dillian White expert who has been on a panel with Dean White, uh, Dillian White's brother, uh, Trill Dollar Bill, Dillian White, March 27th. Do you think that's enough time for Dillian to recover? Um, and uh, what's your thoughts on the official announcement? Uh, I asked for more time, and uh, I got more time. I thought that uh, Dillian, that's all Dillian needed. I think I thought that it was rushing in too fast and that the brother needed more time. And there should be no excuses. He's gotten enough time. Um, I hope Dillian White uh, was training and looking at tape and be well prepared uh, for any tricks that Pavekin um may have up his sleeve because um, we can't have another poor Dillian. We cannot have it. You know, everything is set up for you to win, Dillian. All you got to do is win. Um, I believe that the WBC is still, um, what, holding his spot? <laughs> holding his spot yeah. in mind? This is going to be mandatory, yeah. So, Dillian. You can still win if you win. You just can't fall for the tricks from Povetkin. You know? Um, I'm not mad. I can't wait to see the fight. I can't wait to see the fight. I think it's enough time, and I can't wait to see the fight. All right. We're going to turn it over to G, who likes Dillian, the way that he tends to like fighters, but, um, yeah, uh, go ahead, uh, G. What's your thoughts on uh, this announcement? Oh, man. I actually like both gentlemen. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hold on. I wanted to say this, though. I like to apologize to Pavekin. You know, yeah, I did the uh, Mauricio Suleiman interview where Mauricio uh, cleared up 
uh, Povetkin's uh, was a uh, Vada testing results prior to the Wilder fight, where he was like, you know, uh, it was like two weeks before the fight that uh, pre workout whatever got put on the banned list. So that's why he failed, you know. And so I like to apologize for calling him Pedvekin. That wasn't right. My deepest and serious apologies, Pedvekin. You the man. Salute. Wait, I just want to know. So when Complex keeps saying that uh, Pavekin failed a drug test, he's really uh, putting out half the truth, right? Well, now, yes. Yes. Well, no, he's all. it's always been that way because I've always been calling him out on it, but... Oh, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, but I, I heard it from the horse's mouth. So even yeah. at the time, I was agreeing with Complex. I was like, nah, yeah, that dude's a cheat, so mm-hmm. I ain't nothing. But once Mauricio cleared it up, I was like, you know who and that I? and that's the reason why Pavekin won his case against uh Deontay Wilder because he wasn't cheating. He took something that was legal that recently got put on a ban list and he had trace amounts of that in his system. So that's why it wasn't like the way yeah, people not, not like he was shooting something in his yeah. So <laughs> so I just want to clear that up. I just want to apologize to that man. There's another thing that I'll that while we're clearing things up. Mm-hmm. Also, Provekin didn't test positive before his fight with Stavern. It was Stavern that tested positive. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, that was a lot. I I had to look that up because you know you someone brought it up. Right you see on the screen right there? That was complex, not G. Yeah. You know I was saying, All right, go ahead though. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead um, though. Hey man, listen, I like this fight. You know, um, I like what's it called? Rumble on the Rock. Is hopefully, man, uh, what's his name? Dillian, don't fall off that cliff, B. You know what I'm saying? And we we golden, you know, you'll be back at it. Me personally, I know people gonna hate when I say this. I don't care. I wanna see Dillian White versus Deontay Wilder. You know, like they can set this up. I know when when Trill was on uh um uh Lady Shin's thing, Dean White said, yo, that they can set that up too, you know. Eddie Hearn said he could set that up. So we have some good fights. As long as he don't slip on that banana peel, we are golden, you know? Like, And I think Dillian White's going to beat Pavek in this go-round. And again, I like both gentlemen. I don't really have a dog in the fight. If Pavek wins, whatever. If Dillian wins, cool. You know what I mean? Because I get to see good fights, you know? So, um, yeah, man, this is a good time for the heavyweight division, man. So, you know, both gentlemen, I, I just feel like, but to be honest with you, I feel like Pavek is probably going to retire soon. So I'm leaning more on the younger guy because I want to see the younger guy continue on in this sport. I think Pavek is probably like, yo, man, I had a good run. I'm I'm, I'm on my way out, you know. So it'll be horrible if Dillian gets knocked out again by Pavek knowing that Pavek not going to probably continue in another two years. So, you know. Definitely, uh, Dillian, I need you to KO this guy. You know, just get that get back for me. You know what I'm saying? And set up the fight with Wilder so, you know, Wilder could violate you. But it's all love, though. You know what I'm saying? They go to true intention. All right, uh, Ned. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, who is, who's really younger, though? <laughs> you know, no, no, like I didn't, I didn't, I just, I didn't mean to cut in my bag. But when you're saying how Povekin is, is, is so much older, I think, from you know the punches and and the the knockouts and stuff that you know Dillian White uh, has suffered, it kind of makes him the same age as a Pavekin. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going, 
But in the ring. But he but, has more wear and tear. That's what basically what I'm saying. Yeah, but Pavekin, if you see old Pavekin fights versus now, mm-hmm. he's not as explosive as he used to be. It's like he you could tell he's eighty. He picks his you know? shots more and more experience now. Yeah, he, got more, he fights like an older fighter now. You know what I'm saying? He more, fight like an older fighter. With really openings. Just, yeah, he just takes punches like an older fighter. So it's two different things. Yeah. I, again, no disrespect. I'm just saying I like both gentlemen. I'm nah, because it's like I know when I say stuff, dudes take it as I'm hating. I'm not hating. I, I do like Dillian. Like he's yeah, got, I like both guys. I like both guys, yo. Listen, it's a good fight. It's just nah, definitely. Fight. Yeah, it's a good fight, you know. I just need Dillian to win. TVE, the back enthusiast. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm excited that this fight's finally official. We got it March 27th. I can't wait. I don't know. I can't. I can't call it right now because we was. I, I picked Dillian last time, and we got surprised when Beckham sent him to the upper room. <laughs> but you know, anything is possible. I hope Dillian's trading. Well, he's not overworking himself. He's not overthinking his fight. He just got to stay focused. And Pavekin, you you know, he, he, you never know what the old man got in him. You know, he's like, so it's just it's good to, that they're running it back and we got a date set up. That's all I'm saying right now until this fight comes around the corner. Um, I, I'm happy that it's taking place uh, in March, March 27th. I feel like there's no excuses. Uh, mainly, Dillian White has had time to recover um, from the knockout, and Pravekin has had time to recover from C19. So we should see uh, them at their best, which is a good thing. I think the first fight, Dillian White um, showed that he had the ability to beat Pravekin, but Pravekin's durable. Pravekin's always trying to win. Um, you know, you look at the flyer, it says Pravekin White. So Pravekin has his name first now, and Pravekin's the one um, in the driver's seat at this particular point in time, and I don't think that he's ready to just relinquish that. So what we're going to see is uh, two guys um, there to win. I believe that, you know, if Dilly, if they're both men are at their best, Dillian White, you know, there's, a, there's the edge. Should have the edge. However, um, Pavekin was able to knock him out before, and, and Pavekin can knock him out again if, if he's not on his toes. So this is a difficult fight to pick. Uh, I'm not picking uh, this fight today. Uh, however, I am excited with the announcement, and I think March 27th gives both men enough time to be fully recovered, to be in shape, no excuses, maximum violence, may the best man win. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Josh Warrington. Josh Warrington suffered his first professional defeat to Mauricio Lara. Um, and it was a difficult loss. He was knocked out. Uh, he was TK, TKO'd in the ninth round. And basically, uh, he, re- he wanted to speak with someone who's gone through it before. And that person was Anthony Joshua. And here's a video of Eddie Hearn. Uh, Explaining that situation. They called Josh Warrington, which I thought was a real mark yeah, of class. Yes. Uh, and there are parallels with AJ's situation. Have you spoke to either of them about what was discussed? I know we've seen the post, and I know you helped be the middleman to put them together, but do you know what they spoke about? 
I don't actually. I think they're both very two very deep thinkers. And Josh has been struggling, Josh Warrington, since the defeat to come to terms with what happened. You know, and there are parallels between um, the defeat against uh, Lara and the defeat against Andy Reid. Of course, Andy Reid was a world-ranked, world-class heavyweight, but Lara was, you know, that was almost a bigger shock. And I think that, you know, Josh has been struggling the last few days and I thought it was a great touch from AJ to, to reach out to him and speak to him. And I think boxing, the community is a very special place. You know, no one, everyone's got egos and everyone says things in interviews, but ultimately, you know, people like to help each other in, in this sport particularly fighters and teams. And I said to Josh Warrington, you know, um, that I would, you know, he said, maybe I could chat to AJ and he could give me his thoughts. And I said, yeah. And I phoned AJ and he phoned him straight away and had a great FaceTime. And then Josh phoned me after and said, I feel like I could run 10 miles now. I can't wait for the rematch. So I think. So uh, there's that. Um, This is uh, Josh Warrington's uh, Instagram and you can see the FaceTime with, uh, you know, he and AJ. And what uh, Josh Warrington wrote was boxing school with at Anthony Joshua. Lesson number one, bouncing back after getting KO'd by a Mexican. Check. Thanks for the call, big man, with thumbs up. So uh, that's what he put up. And then you can see Anthony Joshua. Um, he tweeted this after uh, their FaceTime. And uh, Joshua wrote, you know what you got to do. I got your back champ at Josh Warrington. So um, do you do you heard from Eddie Hearn that uh, Josh Warrington, after suffering his first professional defeat in a TKO stoppage to Mauricio Laura, wanted to speak with Anthony Joshua, connected with Anthony Joshua, and you saw the exchange on social media. Uh, Trill Doll Bell, what's your thoughts on that? Um. I'm gonna get in the fight, by the way, because yeah, 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 we didn't cover the fight. Um, okay, when I watched the fight, right, I said, Who is this guy? Josh Warrington. I'm not talking about because of the long layoff, right? I'm talking about this wasn't the guy who was in there with uh Lee Shelby, who beat Carl Frampton. This is a totally different guy. This guy thought he was a puncher. He 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 like he forgot who he was. He went in there trying to go in there and bang. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, guy, hold on, you box. You know what I'm saying? You got you got 30 wins. You know what I'm saying? And, and but seven KOs. <laughs> that ain't what you do. Wait, sure how many KOs he got again? <laughs> he got some. Let me make sure I'm right. I'm not. I'm not sure. Let me look it up, you Seven, he got seven. He got seven. He a 20, 22% KO ratio. <laughs> that, that wasn't you. I don't know if he forgot because of the layoff, who he was. You know what I'm saying? But he went in there and he was banging with a banger. Laura, that's, what he, that's how he fights. And you was, I didn't know who this guy was. I didn't know who Josh Warrington was in there. That's not who you, you box. You're a great boxer. You box these guys' heads off. You got split decisions and unanimous decisions against these these guys at this division. Um, I was thinking that you was the man at this division. Like, um, it just was identity, I guess, identity 
Crisis, you forgot who you was, and some. You got some KOs. You went in there like you was going in there for the knockout. Then you got caught and you got dropped. It's disappointing for me because, listen, I know you're a warrior and I know that you're going to get back. I'm not worried about that. I was disappointed because the kid, Laura, didn't get to walk away with the title. He, uh, you are warranting on the IBF champion, the featherweight champion. And for some reason, the belt wasn't put up for this fight. So this kid gets to knock out the champion, but doesn't get the belt. I don't know how that works. Did he not make weight? No. I don't I think he did make weight. I think just thought that something happened. They wasn't gonna be able to fight for the belt, that the belt wasn't on the line for this fight. I don't know the particulars, but I just knew that there was the belt would not be on the um line for this fight, which I thought was odd and I thought was unfair. I wish this kid would have got a chance to um, you know, get that strap after beating a Josh Warrington, who I, I think uh forgot what the game plan was. But now let's switch space uh, to over here to Anthony Joshua. I've been feeling a certain way about Anthony Joshua. I was feeling like maybe because, you know, I was hard on Anthony Joshua, but then he started showing me things that made me a fan and made me like him. But then I was like, am I becoming too much of a fanboy for Anthony Joshua? So I made it a commitment to myself that I was going to go out my way to just talk about boxing and not try to compliment the kid too much. Right? But there he goes again, making me like him even more. Stand-up guy. When a guy is down, who is there to lend a helping hand? AJ, why is it every time with some uh, some honorables going on, you don't have to look no further than Anthony Joshua? He's a class act. I hate to keep bigging him up like this. <laughs> I want him to mess up. <laughs> nah, I'm, Nah, I'm just messing around. Um, nah, I really, I really think that Anthony Joshua is a class act, man. For him to take time out of his day, you know what I'm saying, with the do rag on, man, to holla at Josh Wharton and let him know, like, hey, I've been here before, and you got what it takes to bounce back, and you will be champion. Well, he still is champion because he, his belt wasn't on the line, but he'll bounce back from. Oh, oh, he vacated the belt, from what I just saw. Oh. That's why the belt wasn't on the line because Josh Warrington vacated the belt. We vacated all. Then now that answers my question. It would have been good if this kid got a chance to fight the uh, Josh Warrington for the IBF belt, though. But um, yeah, he'll bounce back and he'll be champion again. Um, best advice could have came from um, AJ. AJ been through it, and he came back in spectacular fashion. And now that's just a memory now, you know, only haters bring it up, you know, but you know, AJ, he did his thing. You know what I'm saying? He did his thing. And, and we're better a uh, person to ask to speak to 
than Anthony Joshua. Shout out to Anthony Joshua for obliging. I think that uh, goes back to this uh, young man's character where I always say, I like him, man. I'm starting to really like him a lot, man. Um, Inside and outside the ring, he's a class act. Shout out to Anthony Joshua. I hate to keep always bigging him up, but he hasn't disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Ever since that uh, that comeback from Ruiz, this man, he's been focused. Even before that, he's always been a, a, a good person. You know what I'm saying? And, and what more can you ask for? You know, he's a good man in and outside the ring, and he's a phenomenal athlete inside the ring. So shout out to um, Anthony Joshua, and shout outs to jo- um, Josh Warrington. I know you will be back. But, you know, go back to what you do. You know, boxing, not banging. All right, G. Yeah, I agree with um Eddie Hearn on the similarity between the AJ Ruiz one fight and the Warrington Laura fight. Um, you know, like AJ got rocked and then he took a lot of punishment before the fight was over. Warrington, you know, got dropped in the fourth round, and that was even when after he got up, he was getting beat up a lot. And I'm like, yo, ref, man, just end this fight. You know what I'm saying? Like it looked bad that round. But then he survived, nonetheless. But then all throughout, this is where Trill, forget boxing, he was on survival mode, you know? So he's trying to match power with power. And then finally, man, he ate like five left hooks before he got KO'd. Like, it was like one, two, three, four. And then it was like, I think he he caught like a, a, a right hand. And then he finished it with another left hook, dropped it, dude, done, done, you know? And so... Yeah, so it was bad, man. But I'll say this, though. Um, in regards to AJ reaching out to homie, this is why I always said um, I do appreciate the the UK boxing community. They have, like, a good, tight-knit UK boxing fraternity, right? Where, like, I remember after AJ lost, even Dillian White himself, the one that hates AJ, was still big enough AJ. Like, you could bounce back this, that, and the third. I was like, damn, Dillian could do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so we don't really see that type of, like, camaraderie here in the U.S., you know? And so, like, that, I, I'm, you know, obviously I'm giving all praises to, to AJ, not diminishing what he's done. I'm just saying, like, that's the culture over there, the boxing community. Like, they support one another. Chisora supports these dudes. Like, all of them. David, hey, all of these dudes, like, they big up one another. And that's, like, a beautiful thing. So, you know, salute to um, Anthony Joshua. Salute to Warrington, you know, Joshua, you'll bounce back, man. It happens to the best of us, you know. Everybody gets knocked out. Everybody gets hit. Everyone gets dropped. It's what you do after that, you know. So just because you got defeated doesn't mean you lost, you know. But yeah. All right, Ned. Yeah, here on Boston Bros, we advise ourselves to do a lot of things, to not do a lot of things with hookers, and that's hooking. And from that knockout, you was giving Lara his letting Lara get his best punch off, and that was crazy. He hit you with it like six times, and then he hit you like before you went down. And, oh my goodness, that was he violated you, man. But hey, man, you I, I, I you took it like a well, you're not a champ anymore. He vacated his title. I don't know. What, I don't know warranty, but you 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 st- you're back on your toes. You're, you're looking for ways to redemption and things of that nature. 
and I applaud, I applaud AJ for being in your corner, giving you some advice, and you know, you know, looking for steps about bounce back. At least you're not making any excuses, and not out here on uh, uh, twerking, um, uh, you know, wilding out. But you know, shout out to you, Warrenson, and shout out to AJ, shout out to Eddie Hearns. Y'all, y'all handle things like gents. <laughs> yeah, um, when I watched the fight, I was shocked that uh, Harrington, I mean, that Warrenson made it out of uh, the fourth round. Uh, it was a vicious fourth round, and I think from that point on, he just felt like he had to stand his ground, um, and he got caught into that type of fight, and eventually he got stopped. Uh, I'm not surprised that Joshua would speak with him. Joshua has spoken to Klitschko since his defeat um, and, Klitsch, and and got advice from Klitschko. So, you know, each one teach one, whatever, whenever you receive help or, you know, you receive guidance from someone, you pay it forward by doing the same for another. Um, and so I'm not surprised that he was willing to speak with Josh Warrington and, and be there to provide support for him. Uh, in response to what G said about American fighters, you have to be humble. Um, I don't see like American fighters, they, they lack that humility where it's like, I'm going to go and seek guidance for the person who's done it before me. It's always like you look at some of the young champions like uh, Jamel Charlo and you think he's going to seek advice from someone. You think Deontay Wilder is going to seek advice from someone. You look at it like Adrian Brown last night. You think he's going to seek advice from someone? I just think like the mentality sometimes of the American fighter is one in which they're not going to go out and seek advice. Or listen, don't get me wrong, there's some that are, but that's why you don't have that culture. And I don't know why that is, although I do feel like American culture is always like there can only be one. And so like there's always a fight among each other. It's like even Jordan and LeBron. It's like you can't like both. Like, that, even with the two greatest basketball players that ever played a game, it's like you have to be Team LeBron or Team Jordan. How come you can't like both, right? And so it's like that mentality that's, like, always put in. It's just like um, – and that's why I give LeBron so much props. Because when you look at LeBron, it's like they get mad at LeBron. Oh, he's too nice to Steph Curry. He's too nice to Durant. He's too nice. Because they, they want to see the brothers go at each other. But LeBron's like, yo, that's not me. But they also don't like it because they can phone each other and shut down a whole league if they wanted to. Um, but when it comes to uh, what he did with Josh Warrington, I think that's a good thing. Um, I think, you know, it'll help Josh Warrington and, and, you know, the same way Klitschko helped him. Josh Warrington, I feel like uh, Trill said it. You have to remember you have seven knockouts, bro. You have no business in a firefight. You have no business in a slugfest. You outpoint people. And even in that fight, there were times where I felt like, okay, you got the advantage now, just get out of there. You got the advantage now, get out of there. And he just stayed in there a little bit too long. So if you tighten that up, you got a chance to win. The downside is Laura knows he can knock you out now, and he's going to be trying to do that in the rematch. <laughs> yeah. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros are comments Eddie Hearn made regarding potential fights between Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder and Dillian White. So take a listen. Is Deontay Wilder has started to do more and more interviews now after a period of, of, of not speaking. Um, he says that he still wants to fight AJ. Can that fight happen down the line or is there part of you that feels like that you want to say, well, you had your chance no, and gets to the back of the yeah, queue? No, it, 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 I don't like that attitude. I mean, I probably liked that attitude a few years ago when I was like Sam Jones. Um, 
because you are bullish and you're bragging, you know, and it's like, yeah, no, no. But actually, that doesn't do anyone any favours. If it's the right fight for AJ, um, not stylistically, but if it's the right commercial fight, you know, I would never sit there and say, no, Wilder, you miss it. Listen, Deontay Wilder knows he turned down the deal of a lifetime to fight Anthony Joshua. But he made his, he made his bed and, and respect to him. And, you know, I want to see him back in the ring. All we're focusing on is the Tyson Fury fight and anything else happens in 2022 because those two fights will, will, will be our plan for 2021. So for me, I would like to see Dillian White fight Deontay Wilder, but he has to deal with Povetkin. And you know, we keep talking about, don't we, last week we're talking about Warrington fighting Kenzu and Gary Russell. And this week we're talking about Josh Kelly fighting Conor Ben. You know, the cards come down very quickly when you take your eye off the ball. So... Focus on the now, focus on the reality. And Deontay Wilder, I'm sure he'll be in big fights, but for us, we know our plans for 2021. So those were the comments made by uh, Eddie Hearn. He's saying, like, if it's a good commercial fight and it makes sense that it can happen, uh, you know, he, he, he believes that the Dillian White fight can potentially happen. Uh, it's more likely to happen with Deontay Wilder before the Joshua fight can happen. So, gee... Well, what are your thoughts on that? I know that that was music to your ears, G. Yo, I agree 1,000% with Eddie. And I know y'all think, obviously, but nah, walk with me on this. Right now, Wilder has no belts, right? So AJ is going to be locked in for two fights with Fury. So 2021 is gone. Like, it's just true. It's gone, right? However, Wilder, you still have a fight. You still got Dillian. You have bad blood. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... That could still be a pay-per-view fight. That could be a huge opportunity in the UK or even here in the US. It's still a good matchup. So while AJ and Fury are doing a they two fight thing, whatever, you can still stay active. Have you can get a good name on your resume. And if you get past Dillian White, hopefully you get Dillian White's mandatory slot for the WBC opportunity. And then you get back in there, you're back in the running with the big dog. It makes sense, you know? And and if I was um, AJ, I'd be like, yo, bro, fight my leftovers. If you can make it past my leftovers, then I'll come see you later on. And that's how it should be, to be honest, because it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure AJ was seeing what he was doing to Dillian when he was like, yo, I'm not, I could freeze you out this and the third. And you know me, I'm a Wilder fan, but I got to call it what, it what it is. You know what I mean? And so me being objective, it's not fair for, for Wilder to, to cut the line you know, above a Dillian White. So go through Dillian White first and then come see AJ or Fury, whoever becomes, you know, undisputed. Then you have your opportunity. But even still, let's just say Tyson Fury beats AJ. I still think Wilder should still do the Dillian White first, then AJ, you know, unless Tyson Fury goes, hey, you know, I'll give you this opportunity. But that's how it should be, man, because Dillian's been waiting for forever to get that fight. And you kept ignoring Dillian White. So only uh, out of fairness, fight this man. This is the same dude that was spreading rumors about uh, what you call it, Big Farmer Miller, you know, uh, being a real daddy to your daughter and all that good stuff. You know, it was crazy. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to violate you. And then if Big Baby Miller ever, ever gets, like, you know, his license to fight again, violate him too. You know what I mean? But Wilder has options. So Wilder exercise those options, man. Build up your resume because that's one of your like biggest critique outside of your the lack of like boxing ability. Your resume is questionable. Get some good names under your resume so that way people could be like, hey, you know what? 
Wilder, you know, you're not as bad as we thought, you know. So, hey, and I believe Wilder could beat Dillian White. So, hey, man, just set up that fight, man. And I know Eddie wants it. Eddie's been wanting that that Dillian White versus uh, Deontay Wilder fight for the longest. So make it happen. I hate Trill Dog Bill. I like Eddie. Shout out to Eddie. That's my guy. Excuse me. Um. Yeah. If it makes sense. A lot of things got to happen, though. I don't know. Um, <laughs> a lot of things got to happen for this to happen. Uh, I, uh, I walk with you, G. Uh, please run with me. Um, Deontay Wilder needs to get in there with somebody. I don't know who it is. Um, um, Dillian White has to fight with Pavekin. He has to get past Pavekin. Um, AJ and uh, Fury, they're talking about getting it on. After that, they got to worry if they're going to be fighting Usyk or not. Um, then maybe if Dillian gets past a Pavekin, maybe after we see how good Deontay Wilder can get, maybe they can fight and see what's going on. After this fight was going on with um, the winner between AJ Fury uh, fighting Usyk, that and then the that fight, it's just a lot of fights gotta happen. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts. But um I would like to see the fights happen. I would like to see Wilder in there with um Adelian White. I would like to see Wilder in there with Joshua. Um that's still a fight that I think a lot of people want to see. Um I don't think that he fares well. I honestly, I'm sorry. I just think that the blueprint is out on Wilder, but I still would like to see him in there with them guys. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm for it. But if it all makes sense, just like what Eddie Hearn was saying. All right, TVE. Yeah, Trevs, it's true. If it make dollars, it don't make sense for Wilder. So, I don't think it's all up for Wilder at this point. I don't think Wilder wants to get beat up. I think the blueprint is out on this guy. And these are talented and skillful fighters that hit really hard. And I don't think Wilder really wants to get in the, in, in, get in the ring with these guys. I Like, like right now, we're still waiting for him to see when he's going to we, – we're still waiting for him to set up his next fight. And it's against the likes of Charles Martin. It's not against any of the elites or a challenge for him. It's against people we know he can spark out quickly. So it, it's it's – it's – up, it's really up to Wilder for these fights for these fights to happen. If he wants to fight Dillian, if he wants to take on AJ's leftovers, if he even wants to take on any of the guys in the top ten at this point. So, so now who should he fight right now? Uh, let's see who's who's not tied up. I think Ruiz, him versus Ruiz would be dope match, but you know, still they're not tune up. Huh? Ruiz, Ruiz wants to tune up right now. Hey man, if Charles Martin. Who who who's who who's he um Otto Wallin, whatever. If that fight, those fights happen earlier this right, like April, if we could get a fight April made and setting at the end of the year as well, that'd be dope. But you know, the more time ticks, the more time's wasted. All right. So I think I'm with Trill on this. There's a lot of things that have to happen. This is a lot of hypotheticals, a lot of speculation. For starters, Dillian White has to get past Provecan. Now, let's say Dillian White get past Pervekin. He regains mandatory uh, status for the WBC. You're saying that he should risk it by fighting Deontay Wilder. And what's the benefit in that? Oh, yeah. You're saying that there's some money, right? But you think Deontay Wilder is going to be willing to be the B-side to Dillian? 
because that's what he would be. Deontay Wilder's going to want A-side money and Dillian White's going to be like, yo, dude, I'm the one who's WBC mandatory. You want my WBC mandatory status. You want my spot flash? (laughs) You want my spot flash? Like, I don't have to fight you and I can just automatically wait and then get my shot at a title. And let's not forget, Dillian White was just knocked out taking an unnecessary risk that he didn't have to take and losing his mandatory status. So if he gets it again, here you have Eddie talking about Dillian White fighting Deontay Wilder, but maybe this is the time when Dillian says, look, I've taken enough risk. And and you're talking about Anthony Joshua saying, um, fight my leftovers, meaning Dillian White's his leftovers. I don't like to use that term leftovers, but let's, let's just play the leftover game. Say, um, Joshua says to, uh, to to Wilder, fight Dillian White, my leftovers. Dillian White says to Deontay Wilder, you fight my leftovers. You fight Povetkin before you get to fight me. You fight my leftovers. You fight Joseph Parker before you get to fight me. You fight my leftovers. You fight Oscar Rivas before you get to fight me. You fight my leftovers. You fight Derek Chisora before you get to fight me. Let's say Dillian White plays the leftovers game. See, all these are great fights for Deontay Wilder because he ain't never fought nobody. You're automatically placing him on the level of a Dillian White. Dillian White should play the leftover game with him and say, look, um, you know, I know you're saying you want to fight me, right? But I, I say, say this will be the most beautiful thing, and this is Dillian White beats Provecan. And he says, you fight Pavekin, you beat Pavekin, then you can fight me. Because see, Pavekin beat me, I just beat Pavekin. You avoided Pavekin uh, because you didn't want to fight him. You try to make it seem like he was on PDs. It was really a pre-workout thing, which if anyone understands pre-workout issues, it would be Dillian White, right? So um, he can do that. The other thing that's funny, G, is if Anthony Joshua wanted to play the leftover game, right, he has a plethora of leftovers to uh, pick when it comes to Deontay Wilder. So Deontay Wilder, pick one of my leftovers, any of them. You can pick and then beat that person. You can pick Dillian White. You can pick Provecate. You can pick Joseph Parker, right? You can pick Vladimir Klitschko. You can pick Charles Martin. You can pick any of my leftovers. You can, you can pick Pulev. You can pick them. And then and you can pick Andy Ruiz, and then you can step in the ring with me. See what I'm saying? Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder. Left is leftovers. When you think about it, only thing that's left is leftovers. But that's the whole point. That's the whole point. I'm glad as a Wilder fan you can say that. The only thing left is Josh was leftovers because while Wilder was sitting around holding the belt hostage and handpicking his opponents, Joshua was taking care of business. To the point where the only thing left now is his leftovers. To the point where the only person he hasn't fought yet was the person who fought, who who Deontay Wilder chose to give the title shot to that beat him and lifted the belt from him. And now Josh was finally getting access to the belt. So to me, that's proof that Joshua was never the one who was trying to avoid undisputed. Because as soon as the belt left Deontay Wilder's hands, He's automatically about to have the fight for Undisputed. But when Wilder had the belt, not only did he not fight any of the guys Joshua fought, which you're classifying as his leftovers, right? And you admit that the only thing left is his leftovers, right? Well, 
That's all that's left. Joshua has all the belts because he was collecting them the whole time. And Deontay Wilder's now in a position where he has to watch someone who lifted the uh, last uh, Infinity Stone from him go for the fight that he was supposed to get and all the money that he was supposed to get. So again, all this proves is that your boy Deontay Wilder wasn't doing his job when he was champion, wasn't taking the risk when he was champion, and now he's in a position where he needs people to help him. Because even the people who were never champion are in better position than him now because they have better resumes, like the Dillian Whites of the world, like the Joseph Parkers of the world, like the Andy Ruiz of the world. See what I'm saying? Although Andy Ruiz was champion for one he for one fight, but the point I'm making is all those guys are in better position than your boy. Deontay Wilder, you asked who should he fight? And I'm going to tell you who he should fight. And this fight helps the both of them. He should fight Andy Ruiz. The reason why this fight helps the both of them is if Andy Ruiz beats Deontay Wilder, he beats someone that um, Anthony Joshua hasn't beaten yet, right? Only someone who Tyson Fury is beating. He's beating someone who Anthony Joshua hasn't beaten yet. And then he gets to, he gets to prove that like he's championship caliber because he'll be the only person who could say not only did I beat Anthony Joshua, I beat Deontay Wilder too. That's unless um Tyson Fury beats him. Now let's say hypothetically uh Deontay Wilder beats Andy Ruiz and he knocks him out clean. He gets to say, of course I can beat Joshua. Look at how he struggled with Ruiz. I just dusted that bum. You know what I'm saying? So he gets to he gets to puff his chest out and say, that's why he should fight me. Look at what I just did to the dude that beat him. And he ran from Ruiz. So the fight that really should be made is them fighting each other. But here you go as a Deontay Wilder fan giving both of them excuses as to why they should fight someone else. And this is the problem. See, I was just about to say I agree with you 1,000% and you brought hate. Because I actually agree. But Andy Ruiz himself said, I want a tune-up. They already asked him about the Wilder fight. And he said he wants a tune-up right now. You're so acting it. You, you see how you're spinning it? Wilder has never said he wants Ruiz next. No, I'm saying they asked Ruiz. No, well, tell Wilder to send Ruiz an offer then. They just make the fight. Yeah, the point is you're saying Ruiz is saying he wants a tune-up. He's been never been presented with a legitimate offer to fight Wilder. Wilder's running around here saying he wants to fight everyone under the sun. Except so, when they were I'm talking about his attorney. I'm not his manager. I'm not his promoter. All I know is what the man said out of his lips. If the man said, y'all, I don't want the Wilder fight right now. I want a tune-up. I'm going to take him at his word. So I would love to see that fight. I think Wilder should take the fight, knock him out, and for the argument you made, exactly, yo, I violated this man. I did what AJ couldn't do. Boom. That's a selling point right there. But if the man don't want to fight him right now, what you got to do? That's on my only option right now is the other leftover, Charles Martin. Another, another argument for Ruiz. If he beats Deontay Wilder and he beats Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury does it, he can say, so what? I did it too. Fight me. But I'll just, I'll just close with this. It's 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 refreshing because, see, like, Wilder fans don't realize how they back themselves in a corner. When I said if Joshua wants to say to Wilder, fight my leftovers and you get a shot at me, and you said all that's left is Joshua's leftovers. Inadvertently, what you're doing, or in, in indirectly, what you're doing is you're admitting that Joshua took out everyone. That's what you're admitting. And Wilder took out nobody. I, 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 you know I've admitted that a long time ago. I, I know, but, but I'm just saying, you're admitting that Josh took out everyone and Wilder took out nobody. And even in you asking Dillian White to fight Deontay Wilder, 
you're asking someone who's actually taking people out to give him a shot to cut him in line. And see, this is where, like, I disagree with Dean White, although that's Dillian White's brother and you're looking at the money that could possibly be made. It's still a bad business decision. And here's why it's a bad business decision. The money that can be made in that fight with Wilder is small potatoes to the money that can be made if he fights a Tyson Fury or an Anthony Joshua. And you fighting Deontay Wilder is giving him a chance to cut in and get that bread. See, the same way that uh, Deontay Wilder gave Tyson Fury the chance to cut in and get that bread. So this is where Dillian White needs smarter people on his team. Instead of giving Deontay Wilder a chance to cut in, he should just fight someone like Daniel Dubois. And even then, that's a dangerous fight, but I still would pick him to be Daniel Dubois, and that will be big over England, get that bread, and then go for the big fight. Don't give Deontay Wilder no chance because when he had the belt, he held it hostage. It's time for him to earn his stripes and take risky fights. And then let's see just how good the bronze bomber really is. I totally agree, my brother, and you knocked this out. I don't mean to stomp him while he's down, but have you ever noticed, too, that I'm looking at uh, thinking about uh, Anthony Joshua's um, leftovers. These guys would punish Wilder. His leftovers would punish Wilder and have a better resume than a Wilder. They bad leftovers give Wilder upset stomach, man. (laughs) (laughs) That was a cute one. That was cute. (laughs) Poor Wilder. (laughs) The next topic we're going to discuss is an upcoming fight uh, next week. Joseph Parker versus Junior Fall. And what we're saying is, what are the chances that Junior Fall upsets Joseph Parker? On a scale of 1 to 10, what chance do you give Junior Fall to upset Joseph Parker? And because G wants Joseph Parker to respectfully hospitalize Junior <laughs> Fall. Metaphorically. With all due respect, put him in the hospital. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to G. What are the chances on a scale of 1 to 10 that Junior Fall can upset Joseph Parker? G's brutal, yo. Um, G is brutal. Last <laughs> week I was using poetic freedom. It was all metaphorical. Poetic freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want nobody to die. I don't want nobody to go to the hospital. Tell all the kids to leave the room now. Jesus. I didn't mean nobody to be like damaged and nothing, like damaged goods after the fight. Yo, G, I still can't. You said put them in a hospital. With all due respect, <laughs> you can't say you can't. Yo, listen. Yo, come Metal- on, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen. If rappers could do it all the time, they be talking about killing people. They ain't never pulled the trigger before. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? It's just entertainment. What's you know? it called, G? What's it called? Poetic freedom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just, you know, it's a little bar. It's just a bar. You know what I mean? But it's a bar. It was poetic freedom. Bar, it was a light bar. You know what I mean? You were spin. Something light. You know what I mean? But <laughs> now in regards to, uh, hold on. Yo, and I got to address one of our uh, supporters that, Put up a little video. It was cute. Like, oh, oh, so Joseph Parker doesn't have killer instinct. Look at this video, bro. You showed me like his like first like ten fights. Like, yeah, duh. He he's he's knocking dudes out. His first ten fights. He's fighting dudes that are no names. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're probably actual truck truck drivers and Uber drivers. You know what I mean? So 
that don't count. When it talk, when I'm talking about like killer instinct, it's like yo, when you're talking the top in the division, you know what I mean? That's when Joseph Parker goes, oh, let me be more, uh, you know, defensively minded. He doesn't go for the kill, things of that nature. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to Joseph Parker. But now with the Joseph Parker and um, uh, what's his name, Far? Listen, I'm gonna give Far a fifty percent chance. And here's why. Five. Five. Yo, because, again, Joseph Parker has yet to show me lately that killer instinct. Like, if he gets tagged, is Joseph Parker going to go back to defense mode and keep the distance? Or is he going to be like, yo, you know what? We brawling today. I'm taking homie out. I want to see that Parker. And I think he could do it. I really do. I like Parker a lot. I really think he could pull it off. But... If he gets tagged, is he going to – yo, like, remember, look at that Parker versus Weez fight. Look at that Parker versus the AJ fight. Yo, these weren't the best, bro. The Parker versus the Dillian fight. That Parker, I don't want to see. I need to see if, – if y'all want to compare Parker from his old days, I want to see the old uh, uh, Parker. Bring the old Parker back. You know what I mean? But this new Parker is a little funny money for me. But, yeah, that's why I give him a 50% chance of – pulling off the upset. It really is if Parker comes with his A game. If Parker shows up like he's been in the past couple of fights, then yeah, he could pull it off with us. You know what I mean? Again, it's the heavyweight division. Well, basically, so. you're saying this is a pick-em fight, basically. I'm not saying it's a pick-em fight. That's 50% chance of upset. No, no, no. Listen to what I'm saying. 50% chance if Parker shows up the way he's been showing up lately. I'm not saying it's a pick and fight. I'm saying because Parker has all the tools to win. It's just his mental game. So what I'm asking you are what are the chances that Fall will upset Parker? Okay? And you say 50%. That's a pick and fight then. You're saying that this is a pick and fight. No, listen. I know I'm sounding like Ned right now, but you got to (laughs) walk. Bro. I know it don't make sense, but I know there's going to be people out there like, yeah, I feel you, G. Like, they understand what I'm saying. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. That's true, too. But, um, <laughs> hey, how about this? The Netites, if y'all can hold me down on this video, I appreciate it. Now, nah, but all jokes aside, though, you know what? I think Parker's going to win. So I think it's like 80% chance that Parker's going to violate this man. But if Parker shows up, like how he has been in the past couple of fights, Fall has a good chance of, of pulling out the upset. So I, 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 that's my answer right there. 80, 50. G does a G. All right, uh, TBE, what are the uh, chances that uh, Junior Fall upsets Joseph Parker? I said it's 50-50 for me too. I don't know. I, I, Junior Five, I, I kind of I favor him right now, y'all. And I messed up. I'll take it back because if Ned agrees with me, this is a problem. I'm saying, I'm saying 50-50, but I'm going in as a junior five. Like he he probably upset Joseph Parker next weekend. But you know, Joseph Parker got them fast hands, yo, and he he, he he's he's still top five to me, man. He can be top five. He can still be take over this vision. The guy's pretty young. It's just it's a pick and fight. Honestly, it's fifty. How can he still be top five? But you give Far fifty percent. You think Far's in the top five? Nah, I think Far's gonna try to make his presence known. Yo, he's trying to take over for New Zealand. 
and everything put on for the country. He's trying to be the new face, but you know, he's trying to make noise. So, you know, I, I, I'm rooting for five, but I, 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 Joseph for five. He said he rooting for five. I'm rooting for five. Wow. So, Joseph Parker <laughs> is the dog. It's, it's wow. the dog you gotta get past. He's the boss. He's that. It's the final boss. So, Wait, just be clear. Boss, you're, 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 final you're, boss. You're, you're, you're the final you're, boss for New Zealand. So once he beats Joseph, Joseph Parker, he's on. He's New right. Zealand. You're rooting for Fardo. Yeah, he's New Zealand's New Zealand's goat, and then he goes on to take on the rest. New Zealand's goat. All right, yo, we we're moving on. Trill Dollar Bill. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Before you start, Trill, I have to say, audience, I'm sorry. <laughs> After listening to uh, Ned, now I understand how I sounded foolish myself. <laughs> you gotta forgive me. Wait, I half like I'm what say, right. I know I messed up today. I'm, 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 they, they fighting for the pride of the country, yo. So they gonna root for him. They gonna bow on their back. Wouldn't that or be? Probably gonna put the country on his back. Oh, uh, you see? God bless. You're welcome. All right, dog, Bill. I'm giving him, I'm, I'm not going to do percentages, but I'm going to give him a puncher's chance. I'm giving him a puncher's chance because, uh, you know, he's a fighter, he's a boxer, and, you know, we all have a puncher's chance. To me, he's just a generic, watered-down version of a Joseph Parker. I don't see what people, other, other people see, um, but... Was whatever. I don't. I don't see neither guy stopping the other guy. I actually see this going twelve rounds. I want. I think Joseph Parker has what it takes to put him on his butt. But will he do it? I don't know. But I'm. I'm leaning for Joseph Parker winning unanimous unanimous decision against Junior Far. That's what I see. This is this this segment is just going crazy. G's talking crazy. Ned's talking crazy. Look, I'm going to tell you like this. Joseph Parker. I've seen Joseph Parker have a close fight with Andy Ruiz. I thought Andy Ruiz won, but he got the decision. It was in New Zealand. He was former champion. He survived against Anthony Joshua. He didn't take any risk, but I feel like if he did take risk, he was going to get knocked out, and he knew it, so he just survived against Anthony Joshua. I seen him fight Dillian White, and he got hurt in the Dillian White fight. He got dropped in the Dillian White fight, but then he dropped Dillian in the 12th round, and Dillian was lucky to survive and win, okay? And so look at those names I just said. Andy Ruiz, former unified champion, former unified heavyweight champion of the world, something Deontay Wilder never was, another joke from when people – how can you compare – Wilder, the Klitsch, Klitschko's been unified champion of the world. They wouldn't even let Wilder fight Klitschko. But anyway, so let's get back to this here. So you have Andy Ruiz, former unified heavyweight champion of the world, right? And then you have him in the ring with Anthony Joshua, right? Current unified heavyweight champion of the world. And then he fought uh, Dillian White. Dillian White, a guy who has a better resume than even Deontay Wilder. And I saw, like, people talking about, you guys didn't put Dillian White in the resume discussion. That's because it wasn't a part of the article. But Dillian White got a better resume than Deontay Wilder, too. We already know that, right? But the point is, Joseph Parker has been in there with the better competition. And Junior Farr 
has been Deontay Wilder's sparring partner? <laughs> Junior Farr has been Deontay Wilder's sparring partner. I don't think Wilder brings in good sparring partners. I ain't shopping Zion. <laughs> and lion shopping's lion. And Wilder's been lying, and someone's been lying to Junior Farr. So when you when you factor in that Junior Farr has been Deontay Wilder's sparring partner, when you factor in that Junior Farr is walking around with a porn stash right now, I looking like he drives around with candy. In, in the school. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, it's not adding up for Junior Fall. So, Joseph Parker, you better. I'm not going to say what G said. I don't need, I wasn't poetic freedom, poetic expression. I'm not going to use poetic expression. But you better, you better beat that dude. And you better beat him in impressive fashion. If you still want to be known as the guy that was competitive with Ruiz, the guy who survived with Anthony Joshua, the guy who dropped Dillian in the 12th, you better beat Deontay Wilder's sparring partner. Partner? <laughs> Come on, man. I'm a, I'm a zero. Zero percent chance. He said that you fucking win. You heard him. You mainly heard him. because mainly because he's fighting Deontay Wilder's spawn partner, and we know Deontay Wilder doesn't. He wouldn't step in the ring with Far if Far was good. Far better fall. I'm making me want to change my. Mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing with this. This is ain't no joke. Come on, man. Parker's been in there, world class, world level, former heavyweight of the champion against unified champion Ruiz, against former unified champion Ruiz, against unified champion Anthony Joshua, against uh, Dillian White. I'm rocking with you, Deontay Wilder, spawn partner. Hey, I'm rocking with you, I'm rocking. I'm rocking with you, There's no way that Joseph Parker can lose. He's gonna come out. He's yeah. There's no battle for New Zealand. Everyone's gonna be overwhelmingly in favor of Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker better wash this clown. And the last boss of the video game, like bro, wouldn't that be uh 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 Parker, bro? Like Parker was the former champion, bro. Like. What are you talking about? Respectfully, respectfully, Parker, you know what you need to do. Respectfully. You like Caden said, I agree 100% with Caden said, uh, Joseph Parker is the king of New, of New Zealand. Right now, uh, Junior Farr is the Ron Burgundy of <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> Burgundy got more swag than him, though. <laughs> you say, oh, Burgundy got more swag than him, though. The last topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is can Otto Varlene beat the top 10 heavyweights? This I don't know how this is going to go. We're going to use Ring Magazine's top 10. Um, Alexander Usyk is number one. How's Ring Magazine spelling his name wrong? I don't know. They're spelling it with an A. I could swear it's spelled with an O, but what do I know? All right, so... Uh, so when all y'all get mad at us when we mispronounce a name, get it, go go to Ring Magazine right now and let them know they spelled Usyk's name wrong. <laughs> all right. 
Um, Trill Dollar Bill, uh, Usyk, Valine, who you got? Come on, do I gotta ask? Hey, listen, listen, my man, you you can spend as much time on this as you want or not. You know what I'm saying? I, man, I, this, is this is hard for me. Usyk all the way. You know what I'm saying? I'm going with my man Usyk. I think Usyk. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, I thought you were done. Go ahead, no. What you going to say, bro? No, I said Usyk all the way. Um, He's just a little bit more uh polished than a Wallene. That's all I'm going to say. Usyk is just a little bit more polished. And it'll be, a, I think, a little showcase. And he'll be able to let his hands go and be more flashy against the Wallene. So I'm going Usyk all the way. Well, a TBE? Uh, I don't know how they got Usyk at number 10, man. I, I, over uh, uh, Oscar Rivas and Michael Hunter. Are over these guys, but Usyk I feel is the more skilled fighter and more polished fighter, like Tro said. And I'm going Usyk, but I wouldn't rank him at number ten. You know, like, let's go. So where would you put him? Higher, like seven, eight. So I would have Usyk higher. Yeah. Number ten, though, no, over uh, under Oscar Rivas and Michael Hunter, he beat uh, Hunter in the in the cruiser cruiserweight division. It's heavyweight, it's heavyweight, bro. But he beat him in the cruiserweight division. <laughs> Michael Hunter drawed with uh Professor. He'll beat him now. That's what I'm saying. That knocked out Dillian White, bro. Huh? Michael Hunter literally did like way better against Pavekin than Dillian White, who just got KO'd by him. I'm Who's just saying he did now? way better because White dropped Pavekin. But what no, but I'm saying, saying but he, he actually drawed, drawed with the guy who beat. No. Uh, That's my point. That's my point. You know what I mean? So. To, to try, I feel like you're underplaying. Um, I mean, when you go back to to and Oscar Rivas dropped Dillian White and had a, you know, went the distance with him. So I'm just saying. And Rivas beat uh, Bryant Jennings too, I believe. So. And now I believe in uh, that Usyk to be much higher, just because even the guys you have mentioned, they like since Usyk's been in this division, no losses, no draws. These guys then had losses in draws, the Rivas's and the um the Michael Hunters. Um, I just feel like he to me, I like him better than these guys at this 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 way we had Well we're making a whole different argument about where I know, I know, right? I know it's about auto. Let's go auto. Six rated. I think he can fight these guys at heavyweight and we can find I out. I think maybe we need to not. I think maybe we need to do our own heavyweight rankings. Maybe yeah. that'll be a, a new a new video one day. I, I would have I don't have an issue with Usyk at 10. I don't have an issue with him being rated over these guys. Um I think, you know, I think Michael Hunter and Usyk should be rated over uh Luis Ortiz in my opinion, but um yeah. Gee, uh Usyk versus Valine. Toss up fight. I'm be honest, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, all right, hold on. Let me explain. Uh, I'm not even trying to be disrespectful. I know Trill's like, it's doing that whole purpose. I actually... Dog, you're giving me a headache, dog. Nah, nah, yo, promise you. I promise you this. Wallene actually has skill. He lacks power. Usyk has skill. Lacks power. But Wallene has the reach advantage. You know, like, again, remember, this is Wallene who hit up Tyson Fury over 100 punches. That got to count for something, you know? And, like, the only thing is, no, actually not, because I think both guys now, from the past uh, few fights I've seen from from uh, Usyk, it's not like he's, like, the most, like, 
uh, you know, athletic in the ring and heavyweight. You know what I mean? Cruiserweight, he was all over the place. Now he's starting to he's, – he's, you can see the difference. So I don't think it's going to be like, yo, he's going to wash this dude. I'm going to be honest. I think Wallene and Wallene is a southpaw too. It could be tricky for him. So it's like it's a toss-up fight for me, man. I'm not going to say, yo, Usyk's going to automatically beat this dude. Like I don't think so. Like, you know, I really think it's a 50-50 matchup. And if I had to pick a person, I'm I'm picking Wallene over Usyk on this one. Hey, man, you know, Wallene's a lot better than I think people thought when he originally fought Tyson Fury. Um, however, watching his performance against Dominique Brazil, uh, when you look at the way Joshua got rid of him, when you look at the way that um, Deontay Wilder got rid of him, that's how the elites got rid of him. But look at the perform- his performances against some other fighters who he actually beat. They were able to hurt Brazil. And um, Valin faded towards the end of this fight. And that's where I can't give him the nod over Usyk. I think he has a good skill set. I think he can take some rounds. But I see Usyk pulling away. Because when he slows down to the point where Brazil can take rounds from him, oh, yes, Usyk's taking those rounds from him as well. So I can't give him uh, – I can't pick him over Usyk for that reason. I saw Brazil take slow – here it comes, Brazil – take rounds from Wallin towards the end because he got tired. So for me, Usyk would definitely – probably even – it's a risk of Usyk stopping him. Uh, once he slows down, because Usyk beat Chisora, who, in my opinion, is better than Dominique Brazil. I think Chisora knocks out Brazil, and he almost stopped uh, Chisora late. So for that reason, man, I got to go Usyk uh, over Valine. But, you know, I respect uh, your opinion, G. Oscar Rivas versus Otto Valine, um, Trill Dollar Bill. Who I'm you got in that fight? Valine in that fight. I think Valine got that. I think he outpoints Oscar Rivas. All right, uh, Ned. Yeah, I think um, Wallin is a uh, uh, in the fight. He would outpoint him because we know he doesn't have the power. I think he could outbox Oscar Rivas if they was to fight. G, I actually gotta agree with Trill and uh, Ned on this one. I I, I favor uh, Wallin on this one. I think the reach advantage, and he's gonna stay. He's gonna maintain that distance, and Wallin's gonna have a hard time. Wallin, I mean not Wallin. Excuse me. Uh, Rivas is gonna have to take some punishment just to give punishment. And that's why I think it favors of Wallin in this fight. You talk about disputing or raking. Oscar Rivas, I don't think, has fought since the Dillian White fight, and he somehow remains in, like, everyone's top ten. is amazing to me. But I, I would favor Wallin because of his boxing skill, his size. Um, like you said, I don't think he would uh, knock out Rivas because Dillian White didn't. But I do think he will outpoint Rivas. So I would go Wallin on that one. All right. Um, Michael Hunter versus Otto Wallin. Uh, Trill Dollar Bill. Oh, I can't hear you, bro. Can't hear you. Okay, oh, I hear me now? Yeah. All right. Um, that's tricky because just like uh, Usa, we could say more about that with a Michael Hunter. He hasn't really got his chance to show what he can do at um, heavyweight only against Alex Pavekin, and he drawed with him. I think we need to show more from him. For, but with, from what I've seen against uh, Alex Pavekin, I think that um, he will pull off a decision 
against Owali. I think they're so far, but I think it will be a great competitive fight. Um, I'm giving the edge towards a, a Michael Hunter. He got he got something a little extra. You know what I'm saying? I know there was a draw with Pavekin, but I actually had him winning that fight. Maybe it's me being a little biased, but I actually had him winning that fight, but I'm not mad at the draw. I had him winning by at least probably like one round or two. But um, Michael Hunter just got a little extra with him. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to lean towards a Michael Hunter and a decision against a Wallin. But it'll be a tough fight. A chess ma- it'll be a chess match. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think Michael Hunter's tank would carry him on. All right, Ned. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to go Waleen, and because uh, 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 Waleen's a bigger fighter, and I think he's skilled for his size, and I, I think he would frustrate um, Hunter because Hunter, I is just it's just it's just a different matchup. It's like it's like it's gonna be another challenge. Yeah, he draw with Pavekin. And like the fight with Pavekin, he didn't really prove himself. Like he had his chance to prove himself right there with that would that would have made him make noise in the heavyweight division. So when he draw with him, that that just like showed like it's gonna be difficult for him, like when it comes to other skill heavyweights. And I think Wally would out, outpoint him and get the decision as well. So all right, slippery G. I'm actually picking uh Hunter on this one. And the reason why is because Hunter's more athletic and he's faster. And I've seen Waleen take a lot of punishment from Brazil, which surprised me. You know what I mean? So, and that goes to an endurance thing. When he starts to fade, that's when Michael Hunter's going to capitalize. So, I have to give uh, Michael Hunter that nod. Yeah, I'm going Michael Hunter for the same reasons why I I picked Usyk over um, Waleen at this particular point in time. You know, I had to go off of what I saw from him, and there there were real stamina concerns uh, from Valine for me against a Michael Hunter and Usyk, so I would pick them over him. All right, um, where we have Joseph Parker versus Otto Valine, uh, Trill Dollar Bill. Oh man. I wish we got a chance to see how Joseph Parker looked in this fight with uh, Junior Far before I made this. Um... Oh, that's crazy! <laughs> Yo, because it's 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 tricky. It's like um, which Joseph Parker gonna show up? You know what I'm saying? The dog that came out in the Dillian fight. You know, even though he started late in that fight. Is he going to be a little timid like how he was with – with? nah, I don't think so because, you know, you know what? I'm going to go um, Joseph Parker, right? Because he has to know um, that Waleen doesn't possess the the power that uh, that he had to respect from an AJ, even from a Ruiz. Ruiz will keep people honest when you're in there and in, 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 in the uh, clinches and stuff like that because he's fast. He got fast combinations, and he got some pop on him. And um, you we already know what AJ do when AJ put his hands on you. You know what I'm saying? And then um, Dillian White also, you know, um, I don't think that he's going to be fearing the punching power of a walling. So I think that he would throw a little bit more caution to the win, and I think that he would let his hands go a little more. So I would think I would favor Joseph Parker in the decision. 
I don't think that he would stop a Wileen, but I think a Wileen would give a good showing for itself. And and Mike can get a draw. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm pushing for a Joseph Parker. I'm sorry if I'm rambling on. But it was kind of it's really difficult with you know not knowing which Joseph Parker is going to show up. So, but I'm gonna lean towards a Joseph Joseph Parker. I uh, 15, 12. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go Joseph Parker on this one. I think he's food for um, Wileen's food for Joseph Parker, but it'll be uh, the matchup. It's just, I I just don't see how, like, like, like how he could like outmatch um, Joseph Parker's skill set, his speed, and I think. Parker probably knocks him out, if anything, or goes the distance and gets unanimous decision, or gets the decision, uh, gets the decision by the judges. So, I conspiracy. I agree one thousand with Ned. I'm gonna take it a step further. Why knock out? Those are probably gonna break his face. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even the the scary, timid Joseph Parker against Anthony Joshua is gonna violate Otto Wallin. Once he realizes Ottawa-Lean got no power, bro, it's over. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's going to be the ultimate confidence booster for, for Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker's going to be like, that ain't hurt. You know what I'm saying? Just go to work on this guy, man. He's just faster. Um, now, the, the footwork of Wallin is slightly better. However, the hand speed clearly is in favor of Joseph Parker, and the power is on Joseph Parker's side. All Joseph Parker needs is to taste his best shot. And Joseph Parker's like, yo, this dude is certified food. And my man gonna break his face, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> I don't I don't mean to, to, to cut in. I don't want to butt in and make this longer than what it has to be. But I just want you guys to like, I know Wallin doesn't seem like he's the biggest puncher. My problem with him is his gas tank, which I know that, you know, that Joseph Parker can exploit. But it, don't, don't put him in the category in the pillow hands. He has, he'll, even if he ain't knocking you out, he'll bust your face up. He yeah. bust up um, um, Tyson Fury, who was the yeah. main. And he, you see what he did to um, homie's yeah. eye. It, I don't know. It's, it's much tougher than, than Parker Samoan. So. I got to give him respect. Yeah. But, sh- mm-hmm. shout out, hey, but the Samoan can't stop me from swelling. You know, Samoan <laughs> <laughs> <Mowing> swelling. <laughs> uh, um, I got Joseph Parker, man. Again, for all the reasons I stated with Usyk and Hunter, I just think he'll be competitive. But when he slowly starts to fade, they're gonna pull away. Um, so I got Joseph Parker. All right. Um. But let me ask you a question, Kaden. What do you think? You think it's going to be a, a, a KO? I don't know. That's, oh, that's a tough one, especially with Joseph Parker. <laughs> but I just don't understand how the hell Luis Ortiz is ranked over Andy Ruiz in oh, magazine. I don't even want to talk. They got people. They pay oh, for my ads. God. They pay I, for ads. You know you can pay for ads. On Ray Magazine. Pay for our rankings too, I guess. <laughs> um yeah, so Andy Ruiz at number six, although to me that's just ridiculous. They have two former heavyweight champions ranked after Luis Ortiz. It's a joke. All right. Um their grandfathers know. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Otto Waleen versus Andy Ruiz, true. I'm going Andy. I'm going Andy. Um, that's it. I'm going Andy. And I think that Andy will put him on his butt a couple of times. Um, and might and might stop him. Um, I see Wallen getting too comfortable and Andy catching him in in the middle of that ring. He's not as he's fast, but I think Andy is is can catch him pulling out when he likes to pull out with his hands down and stuff, especially when he got a little tired and them hands got low. I think Andy will get him. So I'm I'm going Andy Ruiz with this one. All right, Ned. Uh, I'm gonna quote G on this one. I think Ruiz will violate this man. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. But Ruiz was got is gonna turn this boy into sweetest fish. And it's gonna be that's what he's gonna be snacking on in that fight, because that is what Waleen is against his man. It's just bro, Sweden, please forgive um my man uh Ned here. <laughs> Yeah, no disrespect to Sweden, Sweden. Y'all, y'all some great people. Now, he's really, now you really sounding like G. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just it's gas. It's like the power, the gas tank is not there. And if he if he gets into Ruiz's danger zone, it's over. I it's over. I just don't know how we could take that type of punishment from Ruiz. If Ruiz catches him, he's not gonna stop till he goes down. I uh, G. To say something real controversial. <laughs> I think Otto Wallin will actually beat Andy Ruiz. And here's what, <laughs> styles make fights, gentlemen. And AJ already showed the blueprint on how to beat a flat-footed heavy hitter. So unless y'all thinking Ruiz is gonna come in top-notch shape, because this is the same Ruiz. Remember, where Joseph Parker, when you watch that fight. Ruiz could have did a lot more if he was just lighter on his feet. That's his downfall. Otto Wallin is light on his feet. So Otto Wallin could at least dance around uh, uh, Ruiz. And as long as he just stays focused and disciplined, jab, jab, don't even try to engage, jab, just keep it moving, jab, keep moving, he can win. So, and, you know, unless Ruiz shows me something otherwise, I have to say Otto Wallin has the skills to pay the bills. I'm sorry, G. I'm sorry to disagree with you again. You know you my guy. We have we've been doing the good. We've been you know had a good rapport going on, except for when you start dissing Usyk. But um when I was saying with this with the uh can't compare AJ and Waleen. Their jabs is different. AJ it was tank was good for 12 rounds. Waleen's tank. And his and his jab, that flickery jab he got, is not a solid jab that AJ got to keep um, Ruiz. Ruiz, that Ruiz will beat a Waleen to me. That Ruiz that fought at AJ will beat that that uh, Waleen. He has that flickery nice job. He got a nice, a lot of movement that got away from a Brazil, but. Joshua was hitting with some 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 heavy shots, some heavy blows that kept him at bay, and that jab kept him at bay, and his tank was good for 12 rounds. Waleen's tank is good for 10. <laughs> <laughs> I say eight-ish, nine. 
Eight, eight, nine. <laughs> that means you got the majority, though. All you gotta do now is just survive after that. To beat, to beat that type of Andy Ruiz that fought um, Joshua that night, that was coming like that and was 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 trying to win. I don't care what nobody says. You, he was have to have his tank be good for twelve rounds. Yeah. So, like I was gonna say, um, Anthony Joshua's foot works a lot faster than Andy Ruiz. Joshua was able to move for twelve rounds. Uh, Andy Ruiz pressed for 12 rounds. And so although you're sitting here giving uh, Valine credit, he doesn't have the foot speed. Um, he doesn't have the tank. Um, and Ruiz pressed for 12 rounds. And so if he lets up for a moment, Ruiz would take him out. Also, you're forgetting that Joshua has more distance because of the height. He's taller. He has a longer reach. Um, and he has more power than um, Valine. So Ruiz had to respect the power. And it was more than just jabs. If you look at uh, what happened in Saudi Arabia, Anthony Joshua landed a straight right hand that yeah. cut his eye. So that also showed Ruiz you have to respect the power. And then Ruiz started pressing too much. Joshua caught him with a mean left hook uh, that like rocked his head back. And you can tell he was a little hurt and a little buzz from that shot. So there was a lot of things different with Joshua and Valine. And so when it comes to that fight, I'm going to go G, Ned. Ruiz will take his head clean off, <laughs> guillotine style. Yeah. But I like Marlene, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, we're going to move on to uh, the next guy, uh, which is Luis Ortiz, um, Trill Dollar Bill. Luis Ortiz versus Otto Valine. Who I you think Valine might get his first knockout that we want. Might <laughs> <laughs> get that KO that he wanted. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't think that um, Luis Ortiz' uh, heart stays up for that long. Uh, <laughs> Valine, no, no. All jokes aside, I think Valine beats him up for 12 rounds. Unanimous decision. I don't think that Luis Ortiz maybe gets one round. Not even. I think Waleen showcases. It's a showcase for Waleen. I'm disagreeing with him being five on this list. I don't even know why he's on this <laughs> list. There's other people that could be on this list. Um, I don't even know why we're mentioning him fighting. Uh, or, let Waleen fight him. That's a good show. <laughs> exactly. That's a good that's that's a good, good showcase for Waleen. He gets to beat on him for 12 rounds, and he doesn't even have to worry about his tank in that fight. You know what I'm saying? So I'm giving him that fight against a Luis Ortiz. Yeah. I uh Ned. Yeah, I agree with Trust. This is a fight where you don't have to worry about your gas tank, Waleen. You're gonna see Ortiz fade quickly. And you know, he he doesn't he goes seven. Round seven is that is that magic number for um for Ortiz where he's he's out of it and it's yours. You know, you could outport him, you could even probably knock him out, or you could get him. You could just beat him by fatigue, but I, I take Waleen in this fight. Easy. All right, G. I got uh, Ortiz on this one. <laughs> Yo, listen, the reason why both of them are southpaw. You have to pick them. Nah, nah, I ain't got to pick them. Yes, you do. Nah, there's certain you people that I know Ortiz will lose to. Because otherwise, your man's nah, not victory even. looks like ass. <laughs> I promise you this has nothing to do with Wilder. On this fight against Waleen, uh, Waleen just doesn't have the power. So it's like, 
they're both southpaws. So now Waleen's major advantage that he has amongst a lot of guys, he doesn't have in that fight. And Ortiz does punch harder than this dude. So I agree Ortiz doesn't have that 12-round advantage because his endurance, his heart issues, this and that third. But I think once he starts connecting on Waleen, it's a done-done situation. Like, if Waleen was reacting the way he was reacting when he caught them Brazil punches and he was losing his mind, bro, what happens when you're going against a faster guy? Even though he's older, he's still way faster, and he still has that pop. He's going to get dropped, man. I'm being honest, yo. Like, so my money's on Ortiz on that one. And it has nothing to do with Wilder. I promise y'all that. All right, so check this out. Right. Luis Ortiz fought Deontay Wilder twice. Luis Ortiz fought Deontay Wilder before Deontay Wilder fought um, Tyson Fury, got knocked out in the seventh round. Right? Um, was out boxing Deontay Wilder, got knocked out in the seventh round. But Arlo Waleen fought Tyson Fury before Deontay Wilder fought Tyson Fury in the second fight. Otto Wallin cut Tyson Fury in one round against Tyson Fury. And Otto Wallin's fight against Tyson Fury, the fight before he fought Deontay Wilder, was harder for Tyson Fury than his fight with Deontay Wilder actually was, right? And we're talking about back-to-back, right? We're talking back-to-back, right? The fight with Wallin was actually harder than the fight with Deontay Wilder. In addition to that, right, you can go to uh, Deontay Wilder's first fight with um, Tyson Fury. And you take the, with the exception of the two knockdowns, Tyson Fury outboxed that man the entire fight. He didn't outbox Valene the entire fight. So you have two fights that you can compare. You pick which Deontay Wilder fight you want to pick, although I know you're going to want to pick the first fight, but just remember in that first fight that people like to compare. And, th- and here's another dumb thing I hear like Wilder fans say, well, who did better against Fury, Klitschko or Wilder? Remember this, the, the Fury that Klitschko fought was active. The Fury that Klitschko fought was Fury being active and in his prime. The, the, the theory that Wilder fought in the first fight that you're alluding to when you say who did better, because you're clearly not talking about the second fight, was Fury coming off a two-and-a-half-year layoff after losing over 100 pounds, and Deontay Wilder was his third fight in nine months. So that's the fight you want to use to compare to Klitschko's, the version of Fury that Klitschko got? Do you realize once Deontay Wilder fought an active Tyson Fury, he got stopped? His corner threw in the towel. So the version of Fury, right, that was most close to the version of Fury that Otto Wallin got, um, the, 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 the version of Fury that Deontay Wilder got that was closest to the version of Fury that Otto Wallin got, Otto Wallin did better than Deontay Wilder. So if Otto Wallin can do better against Tyson Fury than Deontay Wilder, I have to look at Luis Ortiz and say, he beat him. He beat him. He would beat out box Ortiz. He Honestly, I think he'd make Ortiz quit on the stool. Like, you know, he'd beat him. I'm sorry. I know Luis Ortiz is Wilder's best win, but Otto Wallin did better against Tyson Fury. The, 
before the, and, and that was a back-to-back fight. So you just talking about back-to-back comparisons. Valine did better. So I think Valine beats Luis Ortiz, bro. Um, Dillian White versus Otto Valine. Trill Dollar Bill. Yo, G, let me hold this. Walk with me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It really depends after this fight with Pavekin, which Dillian White shows up. Is it going to be the overweight, flubby, flabby um, Dillian Dillian White that comes in the ring or the tight? Dillian White that comes in the ring. I need to know all these things, you know, because I honestly, in my hearts of hearts, after seeing Dillian's been in wars, everybody always mentions his heart, but forgets to mention the wars and the damage that Dillian White has taken in these wars and how he's been dropped and the back of his head has been hitting his canvases. Um, Points wise, I will always, if it was coming down and uh, he can't play with it, Wallin will have to have a perfect fight. He will have to fight the perfect fight. Like how he fights now, he can fight like that. He would just have to work on that gas tank. And I think he can pull off a decision against a Dillian White. I really do. Um, I think Dillian White, after all these wars and stuff, I think we're starting to see. I don't know. I'm not like a decline of a Dillian White, but I just, I just, I just right now, I just want to see how he does against Pavekin. But I'm, I have a lot of concerns with Dillian White as he's had too many punches, too many wars. Um, I think uh, Wileen's the fresher fighter. You know what I'm saying? And I think that he can actually, he can sneak a decision, a split decision on on Adelian White, man. Um, so I would have to, I don't want to, but I, I have to say a, a, a split decision, uh, Wally. All right, Ned. Oh, man, Dillian is maximum violence. And I don't know, man. I don't think Wally, Wally, I like the guy, man. But yo, he just, Dillian's a different animal. When, like, like there, there's certain fighters who he's just not set up against. Like Dillian is one of those fighters I think is just food for um um for um no uh, Otto Wallian is a fighter who's food for um Dillian White and I think he's gonna be a victim of maximum violence. I don't think it will be a war. I just think it's just gonna be a slaughter fest. No disrespect, Otto. All right, slippery G. All due disrespect. I agree with Ned. You know what I'm saying? And here's why. Dillian, this is one thing I give Dillian that will shut down Otto Wallin's whole strategy. Dillian has a fast left hook, but particularly to the body. Wallin is going to have to move to his right to go around, you know, because he's a southpaw and try to avoid Dillian's right hand. But Dillian has an equally dangerous left hook. That's going to stop him in his place. He's designed for Dillian, and I think Dillian will definitely KO your boy. You know what I mean? So with all due respect, he is food for Dillian White. Even after 
even if Povetkin knocks out Dillian. No, I'm lying. But <laughs> I was forcing it right there. But yeah, man, it's gonna be easy money for Dillian on that fight. I think uh, Valine has good boxing skills, but he doesn't hit hard enough. I feel like to be that threat. So I just think he's gonna be a victim of maximum violence. Um, and he's going to get knocked out with a left hook, even to the body or to the head. Um, even because even if like he's going to have to be in the best shape of his life, because the guy who I saw against Brazil, if he slows down against Dillian White, he's leaving on a stretch. Of, bro. I just it's it I just to be perfect for 12 rounds that's what i said yeah i don't i don't know bro i don't see it i, I see maximum violence so when, when like you know i see like you know whoever his partner is you know having an adrian moment like you know you can't win you know what i'm saying like well that fighter last night trader was like yo you about to go to walmart bro you about to go back to walmart something crazy i was like damn son you don't train some of you you gonna work at Walmart as a cashier, but they was he was keeping it a hundred with him. He was keeping it real with him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. with well, the Dillian White, I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. I just, I just um want to see how he does with Povetkin. I just see like if a Dillian White goes in there and tries to swing wildly to try to get this kid out of there, this kid can make it difficult. He's really slick. Um, he has great defense. He was slipping shots coming under. Um, it takes when you miss his shots, that makes you tired as well. And if a Dillian White is not in shape, comes in tired and sluggish, man. I don't, yeah, but, but true, we talking about Brazil, fam. Don't punch me. No, I'm talking about, I was talking about Dillian. I'm saying if Dillian gets tired, oh. Dillian has got tired in there and came in there, uh, sluggish before. Like, he can't, like, I want him to win, but I just see, like, if this, if this kid can keep up that, that those first, uh, eight rounds that he did. Against uh, and keep it longer. <laughs> I think he can sneak a decision. I think I really think he can sneak a decision. I'm hope I'm wrong because you know. Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm I would think he keep going back and forth. I respect your opinion, but I can always counter. Like to counter that, Dillian's going 12 with Chisora. He knocked Chisora out in the 11th. He went 12 with um, Parker. He did get dropped, but he he still went 12. He's going 12 a number of times. The times that he looked sluggish was at the depression with the whole WBC thing. Then he was in Saudi Arabia where he fought Maurice back. And even then, I believe that fight went 12. He went 12 out of shape. So, and even when he was that out of shape, he still was better than Dominique Brazil. So, like, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It wouldn't, it, it could happen. He can get outpointed. But Dillian White, to me, I just, I, I think Dillian White will knock him out. Yeah, I I said like I started off I would pick Dillian White to, for a knockout, but this kid is tricky. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Alexander Provekin versus uh, Otto Dollar Bill. Who you got? Once again. It's tricky. See, it's the same, I'm saying the same thing. I'm repeating myself again. Like I said with the Dillian fight, I didn't sound too crazy. Like I said, this kid will have to fight perfect for 12 rounds, and his tank will have to be good to outpoint a Dillian White for a split decision. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't crazy. You know what I'm saying? I feel the same way with this fight, too. He cannot slow up against a Povetkin because a Povetkin can, can drop him. 
if this kid with this, if, if he can work on that tank and, and keep that distance like he was in boxing beautiful and stay on the outside and stay and don't let Pavekin get inside to land one of those big hooks or that monster um uppercut, then I think that he can he can do it. But it's just it's all comes down to his tank. <laughs> And that's how I feel. I think that he can he can win some decisions. I think he really can win some decisions. He just can't get once it's that tank go, he can get caught. And it's just the same way I'm gonna say with the Dillian situation. You know what I'm saying? It all depends on his tank. You know what I'm saying? But I think he has the skills to go 12 rounds and win a 12 round fight if and 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 and, and get some rounds in. But he is real susceptible to getting knocked out to these guys if he got tired like he did against the Brazil. Like, I watched the fight with Brazil. If he gets tired like he did against the Brazil, like against a, a white or a Pavekin, it's lights out. But if this kid can keep it up like he did for those first eight, nine rounds, I think that he can sneak a decision, uh, a split decision against these two guys. All right, Ned. I think I think Otto Allen could pull it out. Um, when Dillian... Pavekin. He exposed Pavekin, but Pavekin, Dillian got dangerous and reckless and caught a mean uppercut. I think Wallin is a smarter fighter to not take those type of chances and just box 12 rounds with Pavekin and get the decision. I think he'll keep it simple and beat Pavekin. I, he'll beat Pavekin. Simple. I think it's nothing too crazy that gas him out, but he'll beat him. Alright, G? Yeah, yo, listen. Pavekin got this easy money, too. And this is... <laughs> Again, you got to respect the left hooks. And on top of that, you got to respect the gentleman that knows how to hook you to the body. When Wallin was fighting Brazil, he was gassed out and he never got his body tested. You know what I'm saying? Like, if anything, he caught headshots, barely. You know what I'm saying? Like, he caught, like, maybe, like, three, maybe four uppercuts from Brazil. But Brazil never went to the body. Even when Wallin was fighting Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury didn't really test his body like that. If he goes up against Pavekin, Pavekin is going to tear up that torso. And if he's having endurance problems with a Brazil, bruh, after he gets tagged up in the body, I don't see him being that 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 fluid fighter that he was against a Brazil when it comes to Pavekin. He's going to be food for Pavekin. Pavekin going to take his head off if he doesn't pee on himself first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm telling you. What is that? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm telling you, he's gonna take so many body shots. Oh, I, I, I just try to get clarification. <laughs> Yo, he's either he's either gonna get knocked out cold, or he's gonna have to just take a dive because he probably pooped himself. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna throw in the towel. They're gonna be like, "Yo, Wallin, man, you're done." You know? So I'm telling you, Pavekian is dangerous for this kid, man. It's, it's not even fair, yo. Like I think. Oh, oh sorry, I thought you. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I think Wally has a really good skill set, and I think he showed it against Tyson Fury. I think he showed it again um, last night against uh, Deontay. I mean, against uh, Dominic Brazil. But the thing uh, with, with him is his gas tank, and I think that's the room for improvement for him. And so even if he's outpointing um, Pervekin, as we've seen, we saw Michael Hunter have a fast start against Pervekin. And we saw Dillian White have a fast start against Pavekin. And we saw Pavekin weather the storm uh, to get a draw with Michael Hunter and to and eventually knock out uh, Dillian White. So I feel like even if 
Valine gets a good start against Provekin, which he's capable of doing, his tank and his ability, if he slows down, he could be on the floor. He can be knocked out. Or Provekin will take over the second half of the fight. Um, and even if you look at the Valine versus Fury fight, Fury took over that fight um, in the second half. And, and you know, watching Valine last night, he might have had a he might have gave Fury a lot more problems if he had a better take. I mean, like the guy I saw, I, you know, I don't know. It looks like there's room for improvement for him. Like, you know, uh, if someone can get this guy to like do more running, do some serious conditioning, he could be a real player in this game. But going off of what I saw last night, I would have to pick Provekin because Provekin has shown me that he's going to be durable. He's going to survive. He's going to take his. He's going to pick his spots like he did against uh, Michael Hunter and like he did against Dillian White. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me for him to build a lead on a Provecki. And the question is, can you keep that lead? Um, you know, he he definitely can outbox Provecki more so than Dillian. I feel like because he has the height advantage, he'll have the reach advantage. Uh, but again, Provecki's tricky, clever, and knows how to survive. So he can't fade. If he fades, he's going to drop. Based off what I've seen from him, I would have to go Pavekin. But if he got his conditioning right, he'd be a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> he got that issue. Run! Run! <laughs> <laughs> At number two, Deontay uh, Wilder. Um... <laughs> Versus Otto Valine, Trill Dollar Bill. Who you got? Well, I'm giving the same with the the Dillian White situation and the Provecki situation. It all comes down to the kid Wallen's Wallen's um tank to be. How his tank's gonna be? And it also comes down to this one too. How's his tank gonna be? Because we know he got more skills than Wilder. We know he's gonna be sitting there hitting Wilder, getting out of the ring, and doing all this stuff. Now, the later rounds, after the eighth and ninth, him being tired, is he going to be able to withstand that big right hand? Because that's how um, Wilder got the old guy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) With the high blood pressure. That's how he got him, you know? Um, The ring got tired, he caught him, boom, that's when he gets him. Same way with Brazil. When he came in there, he was a little tight, came with his hands down, not paying attention. Boom, he got caught. This is what Wileen can't do. I've been saying it. Look, I that, if they go going to win, I said Dillian White could knock him out. I said Povekin could knock him out. And I said Deontay Wilder could knock him out. I said this kid can box to a decision against these three guys if he works on that gas tank. Go to Big Bear. Run on the mountains. You know, <laughs> Dominic Brazil was in Big Bear. I really think Big Bear is overrated, bro. Yeah, it's probably is. You got to do the work. You know what I'm saying? But, look, but Dominic had a second win. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, I'm had no, win. but no, you, you know what you said is really important because a lot of people say like once you train at altitude, like yeah, people say all that stuff, but it takes you a minute to get like acclimated to when you're in like normal altitude. Like I really don't know. Like when I was in Denver. I remember um, I went for a run, like, um, and I was no. I normally would run three miles. That was my run. I would normally run three miles. 
And like a mile and a half in, I just felt completely exhausted. And I was like, this can't be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yo, I'm, I, I'm usually good. I got, I got nothing. I got more in me. Um, and then like by the end of the week, I was doing the three, but like you do notice it. But then I came back and it was like, I did like two and I still felt like weird. And then I, and then I felt, so I, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if you gain like the altitude and you come back. I feel like all that, you know, I don't necessarily know if it's like as much of an advantage as people thought. Cause I was thinking like, when I come back, <laughs> I'm be, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just, I just think that one of our, uh, he need to holler at one of the homies from Kenya and go running with one of them brothers get some wind or something under him because that's what he's going to need. There are other ways, though. Um, yeah. High-intensity, like, high-intensity interval workout trainings, I think those better than, um like, just going on jogs sometimes. You need to you make need it to do like, what you be having me do. Because my energy <laughs> be crazy. You that's, know what I'm saying? I have you do high-intensity uh, interval can contest to that. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I can't get tired. I be trying, <laughs> and I can't get tired. But yeah, um, that's what that works together. All that works together. That's what a lot of people don't understand. This is more than just like you can do some jogging, but you need to do some high intensity interval training. You need to do. You need to mix all that stuff. Word, definitely, and I, that's what I feel like with these guys, the um, the Dillian Whites, the Pavekins, and the Deontay Wilders. These guys will probably knock him out unless he is able to work on that gas tank, and that's how I'm gonna leave it. All right, Ned. All right. The blueprint is out on Wilder. Wilder has one punch. Wilder's best win was Luis Ortiz. By saying this, Otto Wileen is a stick of dynamite for Bomb Squad. And he's going to get, he's clean. Like, this, for, for me, there's certain fighters that are a confidence booster for Wilder. When they can't hit hard, once he gets punched or feels his power, it's going to be like, I right, this green light go, killer instinct, whatever, food. I just think, I don't think Wileen will be able to stand. Oh, that's what you said. Right I thought you Wileen going to volley. Yeah, I don't think you can take any right hands from Wilder. All right. I see Wilder just get cocky off of uh, uh, Fury's leftovers. But... <laughs> All right, G. <laughs> yeah, I got Wilder on this one, but different from what Ned was kind of saying. The reason why is because Brazil, one thing that Brazil was doing great last night was he kept cutting off the ring. Like, he had Wallin in the corner a couple of times in that fight. He just didn't have the hand speed to capitalize. Wilder could do the very same thing, but Wilder's hands are way faster. So I think even if Wallin takes, like, one or two or three shots, whether it's the, the jab or it's the straight right, I don't know how many he could take. And I think Wilder's not going to be afraid of his power at all. So the confidence boosts are going into that fight. It's going to be through the roof of Wilder. Wilder's going to try to take him out early. You know what I mean? And let's just say uh, Otto Wileen is a real crafty boxer that I'm just underestimating. Then what I anticipate is just going to be a Wilder versus Ortiz 2 fight where he's going to be winning all of these rounds until he just gets caught and then it's flatline, you know? And again, Wallin just doesn't have that power, you know? So it's going to be hard. Like, 
thing about Ortiz at least had the power that where Wilder's like, damn, I got to respect this dude. Wilder might be like 100,000 trillion gas when he's going up against this dude for Arlene in that fight. So I, I just see clearly Wilder going to knock this dude out. Um, I don't know how hard Luis Ortiz hits. Um, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, really hurt Travis Kaufman or um Christian Hammer. I mean, I can look this up. I think he went the distance with both of those guys. Um, and he didn't knock him out. He didn't. I mean, and I could be wrong. You can tell. As a matter of fact, I look it up as I say it. So if he's going the distance with these guys, then like, how can you make the argument that? He's uh, such a devastating puncher. Um, whereas Otto Wallin was able to gain respect from uh, Tyson Fury. Otto Wallin was able to hurt um, Dominique Brazil. So, like, for me, you can't just sit here and automatically say that Luis Ortiz hits harder than Otto Wallin. Like, I don't know. And that's what makes this a very difficult thing for me uh, to decide who would win between Deontay Wilder. And uh, all right, so he KO'd Kaufman in the 10th round, uh, but Kaufman was stopped standing by California rules KO. So it was whatever. Um, and and he went 10 rounds. He went 10 rounds unanimous decision against uh, Christian Hammer. And then you saw the Flores fight where you know, you guys are trying to convince yourself that it was a forearm or some some man or something that knocked out. So, like, come on, man, let's not make Luis Ortiz this uh devastating puncher because his resume certainly doesn't indicate that. Um, with that being said, I don't know. Otto Varlene, it is very possible that he hits harder than Luis Ortiz. And if Otto Varlene hits harder then Luis Ortiz, he may stop Deontay Wilder because he certainly, in my opinion, is a better boxer than Luis Ortiz. And I will cite his fight with Tyson Fury. Otto Wallin landed the most punches against Tyson Fury than anyone who's ever been in a ring with him. I will cite that as evidence. I will cite his fight against Dominique Brazil where he... He didn't knock out Dominique Brazil the way Wilder knocked him out. He didn't punish him the way Joshua punished him. But he outboxed the dude. He outclassed the dude until he got tired and he gave away a few rounds. But I see him hitting Wilder and not getting hit for a very long time, the same way that uh, Luis Ortiz was able to do. And if he hits harder than Luis Ortiz, and if Tyson Fury could stop Deontay Wilder, it's possible Otto Wallin can stop Deontay Wilder too. So my honest opinion on that fight is that is a 50-50 fight, and I would love to see it. I think that is a 50-50 fight. And I called for that fight when we was in the locker room in the yep. gym. And yep. I said, they both got a loss to Fury. That's how they can sell the fight, you know? Mm -hmm. Both guys only got one defeat, and it's to Tyson Fury. I mean, they mentioned uh, Ruiz and Wilder's name last night. So that might be next up for him. I'll be shocked if Wilder takes that fight, bro. That to me, that's a 50-50 fight. And 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 Wallina can box his head off. Wallina and Wilder. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be good preparation for Fury, somewhat, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Hold on. Get this going. So 
we know the next person is Anthony Joshua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Joshua versus Otto Valley. Um, true dollar bill. Anthony Joshua stops him in the ninth. Oh, we got a round from Trill. Okay. Yeah. Joshua, ninth round stoppage. Yeah, a minute and 51. <laughs> what punch? Since you go, since you since you're giving us everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna start. He's gonna be using a jab. Then he's gonna have the right hand, which is gonna, and then the, the uppercut's just gonna end the night for everybody. Right. The jab's gonna set it up. The right hand's gonna sting him, and the the upright, the right uppercut is just gonna get night Irene. There it is. True. true. Round. One minute, 50, 51 seconds. You don't even need to watch the fight if it happens now. True. Nostradamus just broke it down for you. You already know. AJ's wearing red shorts <laughs> in that fight. All right, <laughs> All right. No disrespect to Sweden when I say this. But this man is sweetest fish to AJ. I'm just gonna leave it like that. If they're gonna box, I do think it's gonna end like the eighth or ninth round as well. Maybe even seventh. Depends how. I don't think Waleen could take that deal with that type of like fighting style where he's gonna get tired quickly from what AJ's throwing at him. And the power is there in both hands, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be a real challenge for Walling to even to even go the distance with this guy. So AJ spark him out between seven and nine, seven and nine. All right, G. Cause I, I was like, yo, AJ knockout by the fourth or the fifth round. To be honest with y'all, like I, I'm being, I just don't see anything that Walling could do, like. Waleen, for him to even attempt to, to do damage to AJ, he has to come into close quarters with AJ. And that's what, to me, what the, the, the benefits of AJ is close, like close quarter combat. I mean, I know now that AJ is like doing the whole jabby thing, but again, you don't need to do that with no Waleen, bro. He, Waleen, step up, he's going to get put down. So I, I, I just, I can't see a way where Waleen can actually beat AJ in this one. So, I think AJ is going to do this easy money. So you remember what he did to Pulev in that fourth round? That's what I imagine with, with, with Voiline. But this time, he ain't making it past that fourth. You know what I'm saying? Like, So that's what I'm saying. Fourth or fifth round KO, AJ going to violate this man. Yeah, um, I think Voiline's a better fighter than we originally thought. Uh, when Tyson, when he did what he did to Tyson Fury, we're like, what the hell's going on, Vol? Like, this this is a credit to Tyson Fury. We're like, all right, Valine's better than we thought. But I still think Valine gets leaned in this fight, and AJ will stop him. Uh, AJ will stop him and knock him out cold. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I see that fight going. The last person on the list is obviously uh, Tyson Fury, and Tyson Fury's already beaten Otto Valine. Uh, but if they had a rematch, do you, do you think Valin has a chance of winning? Trill Dollarville. Tyson's too big, um, too skilled, and will win another unanimous decision against Hawali. All right, TBE. <laughs> All right. Yo, I think Valin. We see something trend with him in the last two fights. He 
He's cut open Fury's eye and he's bubbled up Brazil's. And I believe in the rematch, if he cuts open that eye again, he will use it to his advantage and he'll get a corner, uh, he'll get a corner stoppage or TKO and he'll get that get back. That's how I'm seeing it. That's how I'm seeing it. All right, Great Hoodie Ned makes an appearance on Boxing Bros, everyone. All right, Kasper G. Man, listen, Tyson Fury gonna murder that man. You understand? Like, <laughs> yo, listen, and if you notice, that Tyson Fury was like the 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 Tyson Fury versus uh, what's that dude's name? Um, Schwartz. You know what I mean? Like that Tyson Fury was just like, yo, man, I'm just it's just a tune up. Ain't nothing really that serious. It wasn't until he got the cut, and then the people were like, yo, they might end this fight early. Then you notice that Tyson Fury picked it up. I think he picked it up because of the cut. Because he was like, yo, I don't want them to end this fight because I got blood on my face. So I don't really think Wallin was really that much of a threat to, to Fury. I think if they do this again, Fury's going to take him out early. Fury's going to treat him like he treated Wallin in the second fight. So I, I don't really see Wallin like, yo, that dude's really that much of a monster. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I almost treated Wallin like a Usyk in this division, man. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. There comes the truth comes out. What? Truth comes out. But you like Usyk though, right? I, I actually do like Usyk, but <laughs> it's, like, bro. it's like with all due respect, we been sitting around here talking like we friends, like we like each other. Yeah. You gonna sit here and throw that out there? I love Usyk. I love y'all. I love Wallin. Wallin, man, listen, I love you so much. I'm trying to save your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't be thinking, oh, because I cut Fury. When I do this rematch, I'm gonna do the same thing. No, you're not, bro. No, you're not. Fury was toying with you. Like we watched the fight, bro. It wasn't that serious. Like I was shocked. I was like, when last night when they said like, yo, he landed over hundred punches on Fury. I was like, yeah, he landed over hundred punches. And I'm like, yo, because yo, Fury was chilling in that fight, bro. Fury wasn't even like threatened. It wasn't until that cut got too serious where they were like looking at it that Fury turned up on him. You know what I'm saying? Now imagine Fury turned up on him from round one on. No, Wallin's out of here, man. So that's why I'm not even phased by that 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 uh that previous cut. Yeah, yeah. Otto Wallin, uh, Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury. Otto Wallin gets a rematch against Tyson Fury. It's a damn shame what happened to Otto Wallin. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it's a damn shame. <laughs> Let us know how you feel in the comment section. Please like and subscribe, and please check us out on Instagram and Twitter. I'm gonna say it once again: please check us out on Instagram and Twitter, and check out our podcast on all major streaming services. Please check out our podcast on all major streaming services. I'm gonna say it one more time: please check out our podcast on all major streaming services. I'm Trill Dollar Bill. That's Caden. That's Slippery G. And that's Ned the TBE. And thank you for rocking with us. We're the Boxing Bros. Peace.